Welcome to Not in the Lap of the Pods with Paul, Joe, myself, David, and we have Jonathan and Eric from the Maiden A to Z podcast. Hello. How are you doing? Very good, sir. Very well. Nice to be here. And you said Maiden A to Z. Maiden A to Z. A to Z, what, uh, okay. I guess you say around ah, your, your okay, area, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> I just realized that. I've got, I've yeah. got all American. But we are named. <laughs> we, are, we are named Maiden A to Z. Yeah. Eric is, Eric is actually originally American, so ah, it makes sense yeah. for us to be Maiden. Z and I'm in a neutral. <laughs> I'm in a neutral area. Ah, okay. Just <laughs> excellent. Well, well, um, it's a fantastic podcast. Um, we're all collectively fans of the pod and we listen to it a lot and uh, we're of course big Maiden fans as well so um, so thank you for agreeing to come on and talk some Maiden with us um, fantastic so um, of course I, we are going to be talking about Iron Maiden um, but we're only going to be talking about the first four albums and foolishly I believe that we can do that in two hours, but <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how that one goes, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of discuss uh, these first four ones. So, obviously, the, the the four albums we will be discussing is Iron Maiden, Killers, Number of the Beast, and Peace of Mind, and these were all released between 1980 and 1983. Um, now, before I suppose before we get started and start talking about uh, about this fantastic music. Um, Tell us about your podcast. Who would like to jump in? Sure. Um, the podcast started as an idea on both ends, separately and mm-hmm. separate. You know, because I had the idea for years. Eric had the idea for years, and uh, I think for me, the reason I connected the dots was that I started to do these maiden riffs that I uploaded just to practice with a little bit more intent when I play, I play guitar. So I uploaded those and I think Eric uh, wrote, I think it was on the Ides of March. It was like, this is, this is cry level stuff. You know, this is, uh, this is majestic, uh, you know, something, um, some superlatives involved. And then I thought, okay, he's a big maiden fan, obviously. And he was versed in podcasts way before me been doing it for nine years i think yeah. so uh, then you know with all those facts at hand and didn't really know him but i had met him maybe a dozen times at most out in the music scene in stockholm but connecting the dots uh, then it was an easy choice so i contacted eric and uh, you may want to pick up the ball there yeah i mean it, it was about uh probably about a year ago i'd imagine that you sort of got in touch with me jonathan got in touch with me to ask if i wanted to you know do this and I said, you know, I thought it could be kind of fun. So I said, well, let's have a beer and discuss it because we didn't really know each other. So it could have just easily not worked at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we, we, we had a few beers and we discussed the idea. And uh, the, the, this, this, the idea for doing it alphabetically, it was, uh, that was his idea initially. That, that sounded like a good way of tackling it. So we, uh, yeah, we gave it a try. And uh, you, you don't know until you try it if it's going to work or not. Um, I've had plenty of projects where I've started up, I had a great idea started and this didn't have the click very well with the people you know, involved and it didn't work. But this did work. Uh, we just kind of felt, uh, uh, you know, immediately that uh, it felt it felt right. Uh, and also, this is my first pod of uh, in English. All my other ones are in Swedish, so that was also new. So there's there's a lot of things that could have potentially not worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though English is my first language, I've never done that. So, so yeah, that's and then we we recorded. Um, I don't know, 
I'm not sure when it was the first one, but it was, uh, we didn't really get recording until like, I think it was sometime during the fall and we released it. It was early one. October. It was early October because I crashed on my bicycle for the first time in 10 years. <laughs> that oh, same yeah, night. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. After arguing, I argued with two Gothenburgians about music or rather they argued and I was drunk enough to, to respond maybe without thinking enough. <laughs> Sometimes it all ended well. Yeah. It all ended well, but then, then I had a face plant and that was bad. So I remembered the 3rd of October. <laughs> we, recorded, we recorded a couple of episodes that day and we all, I think we recorded maybe a dozen before we marketed the, the the podcast. And now it's always direct. I guess most podcasts end up that way. Yeah. At first you have banked episodes and then you just, it becomes almost like a real time thing. And it's almost nicer that way, I think. Yeah. As long as you get them out, yeah. Well, because initially, initially we had like a thing where there was so many, uh, we had so many episodes banked that when people started giving us feedback, uh, we were so you know by the, the time we we did end up sort of editing in some of the some feedback from the uh, from people because otherwise it'd been like if they were they wrote to us when they heard episode three and we, we had stuff up until episode ten, you know, yeah, you, know, I, you don't really get much of a you know back and forth. Uh, but now we're well, now we're pretty much. I mean, now we literally don't have anything new recorded, so we uh, it was for the first time in a while. So now we have to actually, uh, you know, yeah, get something yeah. Got get it, back yeah. get back to it. Fantastic. Yep. And uh, and then overall, like just how it, it all went, we were surprised by the good reception and also mm-hmm. this kind of thing that we're now in this uh, network together. Right, we're in the deep dive podnet, and mm-hmm. there are many of those little gatherings spread around. So you get this community very quickly. I, I found while doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that was maybe the biggest surprise doing the maiden pod for me that uh, it's been so much fun engagement and really friends actually you know you mm-hmm. meet friends through this which is is quite cool mm-hmm. excellent um so i suppose the big question is um we start off with eric um how did you get into maiden when did that happen and how did it happen well i think it was uh it would have been around uh there's uh, the end towards the end of the summer of 1999 um when I, I saw my first real gig back in the May of 99, that was Metallica during the Garage Inc. Uh, tour. And then I saw that there was, it was a good sort of uh, year, metal-wise, because that year that Metallica were coming, Black Sabbath were coming, and Iron Maiden were coming. And I, I hadn't really heard of Iron Maiden, but I heard, I understood that, you know, they're one of the ones you were supposed to like. So I, me and a friend got tickets to that, that gig. And that was the reunion. Yeah, the Ed, uh, Hunt, Ed Hunter yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was, I, you know, I enjoyed it and it was cool. And then um, the year after that, when, when Brave New World came out and then they had a gig around this, you know, the summer, that's when it, I really became a, you know, a, a huge fan. Uh, that show that year totally blew me away. And uh, I met, you know, as fast as I could, I tried to get all the albums. Uh, the first one, the first ones I got, I think that first one I got was Fear of the, Fear of the Dark. It was the first one. Then I got Brave New World and then Peace of Mind. And those are the three ones I, I had, you know, because I was also, I was about, I was, uh, I would have been about 16, so I didn't have you know a ton of money to buy them all at once. Uh, so it was a process of getting them all. And, you know, now that was before Spotify, so you couldn't. You know, there's there's certain you know I, I there are tons of songs I hadn't heard at that point, and I had no real way of doing it until I was able to afford the album. So yeah, so that's I think that's that's it. And then it just sort of you know grew from there. And now it's never really stopped growing. Excellent, uh, yeah. Jonathan. I, had, um, I have a cousin that's I think six months younger. And I, I joke about this, but it's almost true that usually there's a cousin involved when you get into this band, mm-hmm. some way or some, you know, or an older brother or friend's older brother, something like that. He was actually a half year younger, but yeah, virtually the same age then. And he was big into drawing monsters. So he saw this, he saw the sleeves. It was best of the beast at that time. Uh, we were about 12 then, like 98. And um, so that was the, 
going in point. Blaze was still the singer in the band, and we knew that too. And we actually listened to Virtual Eleven and enjoyed it back then, you know, which not not everyone did. But coming in at age twelve, you're a bit more. I guess you have less preconceptions of what Iron Maiden should be or is. Uh, and then, that, that, you know, I, I, just, I still had enough money to buy an album a month and I only bought Maiden. I didn't buy any other music, you know. I had a, a Sgt. Pepper CD that I received when I was nine from an uncle. So I already listened a bit to music, but it was different when, when you found Maiden at that age. And then buying Number of the Beast was the first one I bought uh, and Brave New World because that came out 2000. So I think that actually that's when I started buying all the albums. So I had to wait a year, maybe a higher allowance or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, then I bought an album every month. Yeah. Uh, so quite quickly I had the discography, which then was 12 albums. Now it's soon to be 17. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was a little bit easier to go. And, and then I attended the same show as Eric, uh, not knowing each other at all at that time. And I met many people through this pod and through the years that have attended the exact same show. And we all have the exact same experience, which was something very, very big, actually. Yeah. You felt really invited, very invited by, by Iron Maiden. At that young age, you know, it felt like they want me to be here. And that was really, you know, the main, the start of it all, I would say. And I've wavered a couple of times, you know, you get into other stuff. You want it to be quicker and heavier. It's going to be Slayer or yeah. uh, then death, death Metal, Black Metal as well. But also I always loved classic rock. And Maiden has both, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have a bit of that classic rock. They have a bit of that metal. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, I can easily admit it's my favorite band. And that's also a thing you say. It's almost like a, a, a cultural thing to say because you can't measure what's the actual favorite bands. I may have stronger overall output than Maiden, like less less stinkers basically yeah, yeah. but maiden it's, it's the whole mythology and i start liking the stinkers you know <laughs> they, they become like we, we talked about that before we we did this uh, we started recording and you talked about uh, like picking apart a song that is not so great and that you do it quite harshly on your pod your words not mine <laughs> but uh, but but i wanted to add already then that that's quite fun too yeah. that becomes part of the mythos when you're really into a band it's so much fun to talk about the, the shittier songs too yeah absolutely mm -hmm. Um, so Paul, I, I guess you're probably the, the, the oldest, or the yeah. longest Maiden fan always would be a bit kinder and just say the, the longest, the longest serving Maiden no, fan of us all. Just, just call me an old bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was, I was trying to work it out exactly when, um, I got into Maiden, um, somewhere in time, it was somewhere between, somewhere in time was already out, but it was before Seven Sun came out, so it was maybe eighty-seven, maybe. Um, yeah. I was aware of Iron Maiden though because um, they they'd been in the charts, and uh, I used to do what a lot of people do, but it might just be a thing in the UK where they used to record the top forty. <laughs> so all the singles, but you know, you would uh, put a cassette in and record the top forty. So I was aware of the, the first Maiden song I was aware of would have been Run to the Hills, which I, I really liked. Um, but this was long before I got into music and all that. It was just, you know, I, you know, listened to charts and stuff. And then um, it would have, the next time would have been, um, there was a, a TV advert in the UK for Lucasaid, um, which is an energy drink. And it was the used uh, Phantom of the Opera for that but I had no idea it was Iron Maiden at the time it was just this cool guitar music kind of thing 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so I, I would say about eighty-seven because I remember I remember really liking Stranger in a Strange Land and, and recording that off the top forty and all that. And by this time, I'd got into Queen, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd started buying records. And the first record that I, uh, first Maiden record that I bought was Peace of Mind. Um, and uh, it was uh, it, it was kind of special in a way because it was the first Maiden were the first band that I I, I was out on my own with because all my musical taste up to that point it, it was my uncle, them, you know, Queen, Rush. Um, ECDC, you know, you name it, all, all the bands um, were part of his record collection, but he he was not into Maiden at all. He was a, a kind of 70s guy. Um, and uh, so Maiden were the first band that I, you know, on my own that I, you know, uh, went out and bought their stuff. So it was a kind of quite, quite a special thing. Um, and they, of, of course, peace of mind, I wasn't disappointed because it's a it's a masterpiece, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spoiler yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, that may, that may I, I have to add like uh, Phantom of the Opera in a Kool Aid commercial. That's that's insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's too good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so it's on YouTube. Pro- yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, Oh. I'll, I'll send you the link later. Yeah, you can yeah, watch yeah. It. yeah, it was a it was a runner. Sure. Um, it was a Daily uh, Thompson. Yeah, yeah, a, a famous yeah, Olymp- Olympic the, running. The runner, athlete. The, yeah, yeah, he won the Olympic gold. Mm. Yeah, and he was yeah. in the advert running. Early, to Phantom yeah. of the Opera. You know, he's running yeah. away and it's playing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's me with Maiden, and then after that, you know, um, the the next thing was buying Seven Son of a Seven Son when it came out, you know, so that was, uh, that was pretty cool, you know, um, and then, yeah, just getting all the records, you know, um, after that, uh, as and when I could, when I had any money, you know, um, yeah, so that's my, my, my history with the band. Okay, cheers Paul, and Joe, Joe's not, not spoken yet, he's, he's not said any words yeah. yet, so um, over to Joe, and uh, let's, let's get your maiden story. Um, my maiden story's, Kind of similar to Paul. Um, I remember the first Iron Maiden song that I ever heard was Phantom of the Opera, and it was in that exact same <laughs> yeah, commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm taking a guess that must have been like 85. 85 it was, yeah, because I, I, I specifically looked it up because I wanted to know, you know, I was trying to, I, trying to build a timeline for myself. You know? I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that I remember being six years, I was six years old in 1985. Uh, and I remember listening to it and being like amazed because at that point I was getting into Queen and things like that. Um, maybe just getting into Queen actually, but I was getting an interest in music anyway. And heard this music in the advert and the guys running, you know, and it, it matched the music really well. And you know, being like six years old, I was like, "Whoa, this is great!" But anyway, fast forward, I didn't obviously know who it was because there was no internet or anything back then. Fast forward to maybe 1988 and I was in a shop um, in my hometown and there was singles, you know, like records, singles. Mm-hmm. And um, so in 88, I would have been nine years old and I picked up uh, The Evil That Men Do, oh, um, cool. seven, seven Inch, and I was absolutely mesmerised by the, the artwork. Mm-hmm. I'd, never, I'd never heard it, but I just saw the artwork and I think most People when they're that age, you guys included, yeah. you're hooked with Iron Maiden as soon as you see Eddie. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. what is this? Mm-hmm. And I bought it 
and I also bought at the same time a pop band called Tipow, who were a <laughs> who, who were a very very big pop band in the UK at the time. Um, I bought their single and Iron Maiden at the same time, which the guy who sold me it must have thought I was insane. <laughs> um, but I was like, because this is obviously back when heavy metal was not quite as accepted yeah. as it is now. Um, and I took it up the, to the house, and I remember really liking it as a kid. But for some reason, I, I, I just kind of my I'll, I'll be honest, my brother, I have a brother that's a lot older than me and he dictated a lot of my music taste when I was really young. So if my brother didn't like it, I didn't like it. And it was not because I didn't actually like it. It was because he ruled me like a ruler. He was like, <laughs> right, you must like this and you must like that. So, Strong influence. Yeah, yeah, he was, unfortunately. So, so th- that was my first real thing that I bought from Iron Maiden. Car alarm. Car alarm. <laughs> oh, luckily it stopped. Oh, thanks. I mean, a car actually. Uh, uh, so you're, I, I'm assuming you're stealing the, the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> While well doing the podcast. But, uh, so, anyway, fast forward to 19. I, I liked Iron Maiden, but obviously I was very limited at, because of my age to go out and you know buy records and stuff. And my brother, obviously, telling me Iron Maiden was shit when obviously he was fucking deaf. <laughs> So um, so <laughs> I forgot about Iron Maiden for a long time. Well, it's been a long time. Basically, till I met David in 1991. And by this point, I was properly into uh, Appetite for Destruction. You know, I'd been into Guns N' Roses uh, since about 87. And I was into Ozzy Osbourne, like the Ultimate Sin album and stuff like that. So I liked... It was a great one. Yeah, I liked metal and stuff. I'm starting to get into metal. But when me and David started hanging out together... David was a massive Maiden fan. And obviously David was like, do you, do you like Maiden? And I was like, well, you know, I know them and I like some songs. And so David started playing Maiden constantly. So this would have been about 91. And like, I just was like, fuck my brother. My brother's an arsehole. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> th- th- this is great music. Mm-hmm. And it was basically from then on, I became, from 91, I became a massive Iron Maiden fan. Um, and I did all the same things as everybody else did. Um I think, if I remember correctly, the first Maiden album I ever bought was, it was somewhere in It time. was, because I remember David, it. I remember uh, it. I, you, we were in the, the, sec- the second-hand record shop, and there was Peace yeah. of Mind, and there was Somewhere in Time, and I was like, get Peace of Mind. Get, and you're like, no, you do But I like, like the album, album cover better. better. <laughs> so it's like, that, to be honest, either choice would have been... Would, would, uh, would they're have both been good. They're both so great. Yeah. Good. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and in hindsight, Peace of Mind's a better record, yeah. absolutely. But it is, it is. But, but they're so st- different, right? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're different. Not, yeah. Not, not even the same vibe at all. But yeah, that was the first album that I bought. And then, like you guys, I just ended up buying everything, you know. Yeah. Um, and Iron Maiden are, up with Queen, Iron Maiden are uh, my, my favourite band, you know. Yeah. Um, and to a point, though, to a point, yeah. and this is what, what David was talking about, I'm very much militant about Iron Maiden to a certain point in their career, whereas David and Paul are a wee bit more open to the later on stuff, whereas I'm really not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> if, for, for, for me, for me personally, I love Iron Maiden till Seventh Son and Seventh Son, and I like bits and pieces. Oh, he's wet. I can comment on that during the, yeah, yeah, uh, the yeah. technical hinge. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's, it's one thing I really recognize here is that uh, division of eras. You have we have guests that really stop at 88 mm-hmm. and then it stops. Yeah. You know, it's done. 
And we have uh, me, I prefer the 80s, but I, I normally don't stress this point because I like to have a more open mind when I go into, especially mm. podcasting about Maiden. Mm. So I don't push it too much. Yeah. And then you have pretty much all the betweens. Uh, and the 90s is maybe the weirdest one that someone would be into the 90s, but not the OOs. It's not very common, but it happens. You know, both Bruce era 90s and yep. Blaze era 90s, that people have, have this as their special face. Yeah. So that's, I guess, an effect of a long career. And then the other thing I thought about uh, it was news to me, but uh, quite interesting. And it was uh, the, and not really news, but we haven't discussed it. The fact that you might run into a Maiden fan, a huge Maiden fan at one point in your, your own music listening. And uh, he's going to be so much of a fan that you're going to give them a second chance. Just like mm-hmm. uh, we just heard. Yeah. Uh, so th- that happened to friends of mine that, you know, they played with me and I kept <laughs> bugging them about our Maiden, knowing they didn't like them. And then finally, okay, let's listen to a bit of Maiden. And then they're stuck they're in the discography, you know? Yeah. So I think the, the band is really strong when they get a second shot like that, you know? Yeah. The ball bounces at the goalie and you get a second shot, you yeah. know, that doesn't happen to every band. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that speaks for how, how like really big <laughs> this band is. Like we say in our pod, it turns out it's a bit of a deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think just to pick up on the Dull Maiden thing, I mean, obviously, Paul is my older brother. So, you know, I think Jonathan or it was Eric mentioned about, you know, there's always an older brother or a cousin in the mix or mm-hmm. something. So that's exactly what it was for me. And I can't pinpoint the exact time when um, Maiden got under my skin, but I, I remember the Seven Sun period very well because Paul would be watching interviews with Steve and, and, and Dave and stuff on like TV shows in, in the UK. And it was the it was actually the artwork for um, the evil that men do. You know, Joe was mentioning that it was actually that in the background, and they're sitting talking away and talking about the new album. So that was the, that was the first time I started becoming aware of them um, properly. And before that, um, Paul mentioned Queen. He bought um, the first few Queen albums, and they were released as a it was a budget line of EMI, and it was called Fame. So these fame albums would come out and made and had them. But then a sleeve um, was all the diff- other albums you can collect. And I remember seeing Iron Maiden and Killers as, as the, the pictures of both of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and looking at the, obviously the artwork and going, who's this band? You know, just like you glued to that that right away. Um, Paul at this point hadn't been a Maiden fan, but yeah, it came a wee bit later. But yeah, just I just, I, I ended up a, a massive Maiden fan and probably the biggest Maiden fan anyone knew at, at any point at, at one point in my life. Joe would take the piss out of me because yeah. I, I bought absolutely everything, everything, yeah. you know, all the formats of the singles, all the, you know, I would just, you know, and, and Joe would take the piss because he'd be like, so how many, how many live albums is that you've bought then? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but the, the... 15 versions of the Trooper. I know, <laughs> I know, At least. I know exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's more story around about it, but um, we're all very keen to start talking about the music. So let's let's push on. And uh, first up, we're going to start talking about the debut, uh, the debut album mm-hmm. for Iron Maiden. So, um, so this was released on the 14th of April, 1980. And it was produced by Will Malone, very famous uh, producer in Maidens. Uh, probably just <laughs> as, as famous as Martin Butts for for, uh, for different reasons. <laughs> but um, yeah. so uh, yeah, the track listing for this is Prowler, Remember Tomorrow, Running Free, Phantom of the Opera, Transylvania, Strange World, Charlotte the Harlot, and Iron Maiden. Now, as you guys covered off in your early 
today's podcast exceptionally well about the different lineups made and had, you know, from 75 up to up to this point. Um, they've been through a lot of different lineups, but uh, the lineup for this one is Paul Diano on vocals, Clive Barr on drums, Ben Stratton on guitar, Steve Harris, of course, on bass, and Dave Murray also on guitar. So um, that was the, 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 the lineup that actually recorded the first album. Um, all right, let's let's get initial thoughts. Iron Maiden's debut album. Eric, talk to me about that. I mean, this one actually took a while for me to get into because when I started listening, it was um, uh, I met a I met a few older Iron Maiden fans, and they were like, "Oh, you can't really, you know, that's not that's not Bruce, so you can't really like those ones." Like, yeah. So they like so I, I don't know. They were, yeah. I, I to, total bullshit, and then later I realized that's not the case because the same thing with the Blaze albums. You know, you weren't really supposed to like those. Uh, even though these albums, like like the debut album, has tons of you know classic songs on it, um, but it was just sort of you know well you know yeah but um, yeah I mean there's there's almost nothing it's so weird that there's like there's not a, there's not a single weak link on this I'd say I mean Charlotte the Harlot is maybe not the best mm-hmm. uh, we 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 got to that we got to that a few weeks let's say I say a few weeks ago I guess this would have been back in December or something but um, otherwise yeah I just look at it just like a such a such a great list of, or a collection of songs and there's so much there's so much cool stuff on it so it's you know it's it's too bad like so, you know probably some of these things we won't hear live again i can't imagine we're going to hear remember tomorrow again or like yeah. uh, uh i mean i would even like to hear start the harlot just because i'd like to have having heard it live yeah. they did do it very briefly 2005 but probably didn't work yeah uh, that's right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um i think charlotte um for me is it's probably more the more the lyrics because it's got that really driving riff You know, yeah, it's really, I mean, it's really kind of punching. It's driving, but it's, it's maybe, is that, is it lyrically? It's maybe a bit weak, and I know, I know it's tongue mm-hmm. in cheek, of course, and, um, and you know the, you know the, the start of the Charlotte saga, you know, <laughs> you know that that continues yeah. through their career, but it's, uh, but yeah, possibly as the weakest, the weakest out of, uh, out of all the on it potentially, but, um, but uh, Joe, do you want, to, do you want to jump in? Main's debut album. Well, how's it for you, man? Yeah, I've I've always had a real affinity for that album. Um, I think that was one of the the first ones that I really connected with. I think it was because you were right into it as well, because you played that one a lot. Um, And yeah, it's got absolutely amazing stuff on it. I know know it takes a lot of, it takes a bit of a kicking from Steve for the production, but I don't really think the production's that bad on it at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get where he's coming from with, you know, at, at times it's a little bit dry, um, and the guitars yeah. could maybe maybe be a little bit more driven, like they are on Killers. But for a for a band's first, you know, album debut, just, I've heard a lot worse. You know, yeah. oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've yep. heard a, I heard a hell of a lot worse. Um, but it's a strong record. Um, mm. I think there's a lot of hangovers. Obviously, you had the five year period from Maiden, you know, starting and then doing the first record. So. You can kind of tell, I think there's some 70s hangovers, you know, like 70s rock mm. stuff. Not that that's a negative. I enjoy that mm. type of stuff. But yeah, I don't think Iron Maiden for me really became Iron Maiden until Killers. But I, but the elements are very much still there in the first album. You know, the twin guitars, the, the galloping and stuff like that. But yeah, for a debut record, I mean, it, it must have blew the, the, the fucking gates open, you know, because... Yeah. At that time, Maiden were a lot faster, 
a lot more of an attack, you know. Made the Marauders a band that I think should have been mentioned more in the evolution of thrash metal. I mean, yeah. all those thrash bands, it was Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, that was the two bands, you know, mm-hmm. but Maiden don't seem to get the, you know, the, the credit. And that first record definitely has that punk speed to it as well. Great, uh, yeah, great I was, album. I was going to say, because like the first two albums, or especially the first one, because I, I have a, I used to have a bunch of uh, old friends who listened to, you know, punk friends, and they, you know, that, that's one of the one few albums yeah. where, where they kind of like, yeah. you know, kind of like the same thing. Mm. I like punk as well. Yeah, me but, too. You know, they, they, yeah, they, they, they didn't bands, like yeah. the other stuff I was listening yeah. to. Yeah. But yeah, it has a really, uh, and that's also something that I, when, you know, when I was, like I mentioned before, when uh, people said, you know, well, you just, you, this isn't the real guy, so you can't listen to it. I don't think this one should be, I think this way exactly the way it should, but I don't think it would sound particularly good, Bruce. No, not songs. at all. No, no, I agree, I agree. And I think um, even live in Bruce does these songs, it doesn't, it doesn't well, you know, absolutely. He's a great singer, um, but I do always prefer Paul's voice on yeah. these songs. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, always do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're right, Joe, you've got a point. Things like Strange World, that's that's a very kind of 70s vibe to it, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, that can almost slightly, it could even be more 60s, actually, slightly psychedelic, probably. Yeah, um, but it, it's but you've got that, it's the future of metal. You're hearing the future of metal on this album, you know, the Phantom of the Opera, you know, that speed, yeah. that just absolute mm. drive, you know, that. Is, Iron Maiden as well, the song. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're hearing, you are hearing the, the future. And for me, this, I mean, I think it's, I think it's one of, one of the best debuts of all time. Um, albums, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely... It's one of my favourite Maiden albums. Um, to be it's not as good as Fistful of Metal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fistful of Metal's okay. That's okay. Ah, it's, it's, right. <laughs> it's definitely better than Fistful of Metal, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's... it's um, And you mentioned the guitars. Um, I, I'm with Steve on it. it, it it's, it's really the rhythm guitars he always criticises, isn't it? And he always says, mm. you know, they could like, they sound a bit naff or whatever it was. Um, and and yeah, but I, I can still listen to it. I don't listen to it and go. I'm not sitting cringing or it's, it's grating on me. It's it's just it's you know the production is what it is, and the drums actually sound pretty decent on it. Mm. I think you know the, the the kit sound is not too bad actually. Um, but yeah, Paul, anything you want to jump in? Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I mean I can't remember the, exactly the, the the time that I first heard this, but I'm pretty sure I would have said, "Oh fuck, it's the look as he that will." Yeah, Um, I definitely would have said that. Yeah, yeah, this is a great album. Um, And uh, you know, uh, yeah, everyone goes on about the production and all that. The production, I I never had a problem with the production until people told me that uh, there was a problem with it. I'm like, is there? You know, it seems fine to me. You You can see a difference. You know, if you play this album and then you immediately put Killers on, oh, that is a, a noticeable difference in the sound. You know, Killers is warmer and more expansive and all that. Yeah, you, you know, because Martin Butch is a, an actual genius producer, you know, yeah. while Malone is not, you know. <laughs> 
Well, he didn't give a shit, did he? I mean, Steve nah, was, well, we, yeah, he, we'd do he, a take. He's, he's, yeah. he's the famous one he's talking on the early days documentary. You know, we'd do a take. We'd come into the, you know, the control room all fired up, and he'd be sitting reading the paper, and <laughs> smoking. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fire, you yeah. know, so, uh, so yeah. I don't think he gave a he gave a shit yeah. in the first place. Yeah, um, I, I think I think there's I think there's productions that sound way worse that don't get the the same amount of shit. This, yeah, that's does. a good point mm-hmm. for some weird reason. Yeah. It's just like actually, yeah, there's, it's fine. there's some there's some later on made in albums. <laughs> I would say I'd was I'd say I'd say some that, of the Kevin Shirley stuff. Dance yeah. of Death being yeah. one of them. Yeah, yeah. The Death. I'd even say. I mean, I, I we're we're very you know pro Blaze in our pod, mm-hmm. but I still say the uh, X Factor sounds a bit thin. They could yeah, have yeah. done something there. It sounds pretty weak at points, and the, the, so I think there's there's more problems on that mm-hmm. or on the latest live album. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by far than anything you'd hear in the first you know. yeah and you know the, the problems that they have on the latest live album shouldn't be you know there's no real excuse for them this late in your mm. in, you know and you, yeah. you know it, there's there's stuff that shouldn't have been you know gotten through the uh you know someone sort of stopped it along the way yeah. there and said this doesn't sound right yeah. but you know that, that's what yeah and so the interesting thing about this as well is um the dennis stratton thing so you know mm. him being a bit scared of the steel you know he was like yeah, you know nice. He's into the Eagles and stuff. Yeah, like Queen, uh, funnily enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the metal stuff, he, he wasn't too keen on. And it was, uh, and I, I would love to hear the, the, harmony, yeah. the, the version of Phantom of the Opera with the, you know, the, the Queen harmonies. harmonies. Yeah, the Queen S. Queen <laughs> yeah. I harmonies, bet it you know? sounded horrendous. I, it I, bet, I bet it yeah. It probably um, did. Um, yeah. So, so it was interesting. You know, Steve Harris must have been, you know, uh, driven up the wall. Mad, <laughs> you know, with the, uh, these guitar players, you know, just like uh, uh, they eventually get a record deal, they've, they've recorded an album, and you know, th- this yeah. guy starts bitching about, you know, it's, t- it's too heavy, let's do this, like, you know, it's just like, ah, oh, off, man, you know. <laughs> uh, that's it. I mean, it's just it's been said m- many, many times about Steve Harris, it's like he's. In those early days, nothing was going to stop him from doing yeah. what he'd set yeah. out to do. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's my vision, and, and no one's going to get in my way. You know, every every great band needs that. Every great band has got at least one guy who is so driven that's like, yeah. "This is what we're doing. I've got the vision." You know, to push this band. You know, uh, so I mean, out of the tracks on this album, I mean, uh, uh, Eric, can you pick your your favorites? Mm-hmm. What 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 are the standouts on this? And I guess why? Let's see. Well, I mean. The first one I probably would have heard got reacted with Prowler, mm-hmm. and that's just a really cool. I, I mean, it's just a very fierce kind of sounding kind of thing. I, you know, I, I still love that one. I wish uh, it was great hearing it live, two thousand five. I'd mm-hmm. love to hear it again. Um, and I think that probably the, my favorite one is probably Phantom of the Opera. It wasn't initially because when I heard it the first time, I didn't quite get it. Uh, and it is kind of a special. I mean, it's it's a it's very different than anything I'd heard up to that point. Mm-hmm. And it's very it's yeah. a very really cool and unique song. Um, I, you know, we we haven't gotten to that in the pod yet. We probably won't get to that for a couple of years. Uh, but 
Yeah, it, and hearing it live is, you know, we heard they, they did it here in 2005, and that was great. Apparently, they did 2013 as well, but I missed that one. Uh, that's that's the only tour I've missed actually since '99. Um, the title, you know, title track to Iron Maiden. I mean, that's that's pretty cool too. They've done that one, you know, they do that every gig, mm-hmm. and that's uh, also very, especially nowadays when they when they have so many long songs. It's just nice to have like a very short to the point, you know, fast kind of yeah. punky kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I remember tomorrow's great too. I mean, that's uh, you know, there's yeah. I mean, I think I think I kind of I, I, the only one that the only ones I don't really. Uh, like I wouldn't just put on that particular song. Maybe is maybe like maybe Charlotte the Harlot and probably also Running Free because I'm yeah, kind of just a little bit yeah, tired yeah, of that one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's got it's, it's Running Free's bizarre. It's, it's well, it's bizarre's maybe not the right word, but it's very much got that glam rock beat as well. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're like it's a bit Again, strange for a for a, yes yeah, seventies thing that we're yeah. talking about, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's got yeah. that kind of thing going, which is strange, you know. I was I always found it but kinda of, kinda of bit strange for on especially on Maiden's debut album and the amount of aggression that's on it, you know, as well. Mm. Um so what Eric, can I just ask you um what uh, the, the the version of Iron Maiden that Clive plays versus the version of Iron Maiden that Nico plays? What do you think's the what do you think's the best? Because of course, I think that, you know, opens yeah. up in the verses. It's, it's you know, opens up, you know, and the drums. But Nickel keeps that, you know, on the snare going the whole time through the whole song. So I wondered what your mm. what your preference was. I think if you had asked me. Uh, few years ago i probably would have said nico mm-hmm. because again sort of same thing is like well he's the guy so i like him yeah mm-hmm. uh but i think i think clive uh his version is better i think the same thing for pretty much everything clive did yeah because they have their like you know we did an episode with the um about you know just with the drums we had the two drummers yeah. on. that's right and uh you could it's, it's it's really interesting how different you know how you know for a lot of people if you if you know if you're not a music you know if you're not a musician or even if you're not really you know you might not hear a difference but there is a huge difference mm-hmm. in how they did things and um I think I think I do like the Clive version uh, better. That's the the short answer. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's interesting how you described them um, on the podcast. How you descri- mm-hmm. describe the two styles between Nico and, and Clive. You know, mm-hmm. Nico's <laughs> kind of sitting back and, and Clive's driving forward. You know, that's the two different yeah. different styles. That's a really really I hadn't even thought about it in that way. You know, um, and I think um, that's the thing with Clive. I think um, he had the speed. The Nico yeah. never really a ma- match um, the speed of Clive. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as great a drummer as Nico is, but yeah, yeah, it's um, but yeah, I agree. I think these these tracks and um, the tracks you mentioned are probably my uh, favorites. In I fact, agree. I'd maybe argue that Running Free actually in, in Reflection is probably my, my least favorite. I think Charlotte makes it because I really love the riff and I really love the way it drives. Mm-hmm. It's quite, um, quite punky, and it's it, 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 uh, yeah. very, very punky, uh, yeah. Uh, it's got that kind of staccato thing going on, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's a fantastic debut album, and I, and I and I still enjoy listening to it. Um, and the guitars, as Joe said, I think he, you know the rawness in them is still still very much suits suits yeah. it. And 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 in some ways, I think I think because the production is very raw, it's it's not dated. You know, you can yeah. tell you can mm-hmm. tell it hasn't been recorded. You know, this year. You know, it's obvious no. it's obvious it's been recorded a while ago, but it's not. It, it you know it's not it doesn't suffer from. Uh, you know, like reverb and, and, and yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's still got that kind of raw charm to it. Um, mm-hmm. 
All right, so why don't we move on? Yeah. Yes. Why don't we move on and talk about Killers? Right, so Killers is Iron Maiden's second album, of course, and Dennis Stratton has left the band. So Dennis Stratton mm-hmm. is out. Um, for some of the reasons we touched upon, he was, he was mm-hmm. his head was just somewhere else. He was more into classic rock. And uh, yeah, so uh, he was out. Oh, so it says in the, the it, yeah, they were, they were annoyed that I liked uh, George Benson and yeah, yeah, just the eagles, eagles and stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I doubt weirdly. it. <laughs> I doubt it. I think it's maybe I other reasons there, possibly. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like so. Dan leaves, uh, or is, is asked to leave. I think it was after the Kiss tour. I think it was um, when they were they were supporting Kiss. I think it was after yeah. that tour. He was he was told yep. to told to go, and then Adrian comes in. So Adrian Smith. Um, and Maiden just go up a notch in terms oh, of musicianship yeah, um, when, yeah. when Adrian Smith joins. Um, one of my all-time favourite guitarists, I think. I think Things as well, yeah. Probably all agree with yeah, that. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Dave as well. He could make any band sound great, I think. You know, he, could, he could join any band and make them sound. Yeah. He could join Nickelback and they'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's so, and he's so, so much feeling in his playing, you know, it's just absolutely amazing. And, yeah, totally. um, so, yeah, they go up a gear um, musically and also... Enter Martin Butch. Um, he comes in as well. So Martin Butch uh, uh, produces uh, Killers. And if you don't know already, uh, Martin Butch is uh, by that point a very accomplished and famous producer. You know, um, he'd worked with Sabbath and Deep Purple and many other bands. And uh, yeah, it was this big name producer that Maiden wanted on the first album. Just didn't feel they they want anybody to ask, you know. We're yeah. just this new band starting out, you know. Why the hell would this guy want to produce us, you know? So, and it turns out Martin would have done it. So it's interesting. Yeah. Although interestingly, I wouldn't have changed. No, yeah. I would have changed it. I would have changed the debut album. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm maybe going to say something, a couple of things about Killers that's maybe a little bit. I'm not trying to be controversial, but some, some something that's occurred to me in uh, recent days listening to the album, but we'll get to that. Um, it's around about the production. Um, so the album itself was released on the 2nd of February, 1981, uh, which was four days before my second birthday. So there you go. I know, and the first the first album was released six days before my first birthday as well. Yeah, you are, mate. Oh, sorted. There you go. That's it. it was des- connection. Destined to be made in fans, eh? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so this album uh, is is yeah, you've got you've got the, the the bigger production. You've got Martin Birch really, really warming up the sound um on this. And uh, you've got Adrian's fantastic solo in there. So there's there's two big differences from the, the first album. Um Paul, I'm gonna start off with you, Killers. How is it as an album for you? This is a great album. Um, as I, as I said earlier, there's, there is a noticeable difference in the production um, and the, just the sound in general. It's more expansive. It's like uh, opening up. Um, at, at, at certain points, certain songs, um, Paul Diano sounds as if he's got more confidence in himself. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's reaching out a bit further than he did maybe in the first album. First album is quite punky and all that. But this is, I think this is reaching out into more, uh, being more of a, a kind of metal album, you know. Operatic uh, vocal style, maybe. Yes, I, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's not that. <laughs> re- reaching, re- reaching out into the, you know, the territory that um, eventually Jeez. they would, yeah, it, it would go mental by the time they, they got to Bruce Dickinson being the singer and all that. But, mm-hmm. but um, Paul Diana, you know, a lot of people, 
it's a strange thing about Paul Dianotta. People will either write him off or say that he's better than Bruce Dickinson, you know, that type of thing, or they prefer him to Bruce and all that. Um, I th- it's a strange one because he, his voice is it's kind of unique. It's like, mm-hmm. there isn't, I, I can't think of anyone that sounds like him because it can be so clear and crisp and, mm-hmm. you know, like the first album, uh, Remember, Remember Tomorrow's Tomorrow, Strange World and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. so, so clear and, and then, and then in Remember Tomorrow, he'll hit a high note and you're like, you know, it surprises you, you know, that this, this, the guy's got this range and, and then he's great at the punk stuff and all that. Um, I, and I, I kind of a way he's more of a more versatile than Bruce Dickinson. I, I, I get where, you, where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, having said that, I prefer Bruce Dickinson. Aye. You know, I, I, I'm not like a, a total idiot, but you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's, that's the jury's not, out on that one, mate. Not in this case. Um, <laughs> yeah, that. For me, this is a great album. Uh, you know, mm. there's some absolutely brilliant songs in this. Uh, Mothers in the Room Morgue. I, I fucking love that song. You know, um, Killers, uh, the title track. Brilliant. Um, Purgatory, oh, it's just yeah, yeah. Every, everyone's a belter for me on this. I, there's, there's, there's nothing on here that I would say is weak or you know, and it sounds great. Um, mm. Steve's bass sounds brilliant, brilliant, mm. and the fact that you know he, he he's starting off the songs, you know, with some of them, and you know, you know, the yeah, uh, the bass riff to Raph Child's excellent, um, and just a great sound. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I like it. That's a great album. Um, I, and it is, I, I would say in terms of the playing, it's, it is a little notch up from the first album, but the first album Definitely. was excellent as well. Um, but yeah, and and, and 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 everything, even in the vocal department as well, Paul Diano is pushing himself as well. And I think that's, that's maybe just down to the fact that Martin Butch was actually interested in getting a performance out of him. Absolutely. Rather, yeah. Will, Will, Will Malone was just sat and read his paper and just let him go on with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, great album. Yeah. George, you want to jump in? Uh, I've got to agree with Paul. Um, I really love the debut, but for me, Killers is a little bit, just like Paul said, just a little bit notched up. Uh, I think Diano's voice is amazing on this album. Yeah. Like it's kind of strange because, like you were saying, the people that that kind of that you know go against Bruce tend to be the old. See the older guys that like I know, like um, like guys who were maybe like early teens when the first album came out. They get into I- yeah, Iron Maiden yeah. then, uh-huh. so that was their guy. Kind of like you were saying, Eric. You know, it's like that was their guy. You know, and uh-huh. then when he left, I was chucked out. 
Bruce was this new guy, and there was a definite change in the, the sound, you know, um, melodically and, you know, and just tonally from Diano to Bruce. So I get why those older guys prefer that, yeah. um, prefer Diano. But I think Diano, like Paul said, in, in a kind of strange way, Paul was almost a more versatile vocalist, and I totally agree with that. But Bruce yeah. is very much still sounds like Bruce, no matter what he sings, if he sings kind mm-hmm. of quietly. His voice still sounds the same, but he sounds as if he's just singing quietly. Whereas Diano, when he's kind of like we talk about on the Queen pod with Freddie, when Freddie sang quiet, he sounded completely different than when he, when, yeah. when, than when he projected his voice out. And Diano, I'm not comparing Paul Diano to Freddie Mercury here, by the way, but, <laughs> but, but in, the, in the sense that they had different voices for different vibes of the song. And that's no diss to Bruce. Bruce is the superior vocalist to me, you know, and all my favourite mm-hmm. stuff is Bruce Dings and stuff, but but yeah, this album, it's just full of life, this album. It's got a real energy to it, a real speed. Yeah. You've really ramped it. You've really yeah. ramped the speed up. And, and they've, they've, they've kept the kind of punk energy, but oh, at the same time, it's, so, it's wider so. and more expansive. You know? Oh, yeah, most, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely. For me, it just sounds, production-wise, it's a lot more lively, like you said. It's a lot more inviting. The first record is kind of almost, a little bit demo-y in the sense that it's very dry, but this is a lot, there's a lot more performances vocally, guitar obviously with, with the inclusion of Adrian. You know the leads are so much better. Um, songs are, you know, the, the, the good, the really good stuff that's on Iron Maidens, maybe a wee bit better than some of the stuff on Killers, mm-hmm. but I prefer Killers as a piece of work that's personally. Cool. I love it. It's a, it's a great record. Yeah, I did say the same. I mean, there's a, um, well, first off, it's kind of, I was thinking about the, you get people who, I know some of them who like, you know, they love Iron Maiden or they say they do and like, oh, well, you know, what's your favorite albums? Like, well, you know, they, they haven't done anything good since Killers. Like, okay, then, you know, yeah. I don't understand <laughs> where you, if you, if, you, if that's how you feel, that's fine. But why do these people follow, follow the Facebook page just to point out to people yeah, like, something yeah, new comes yeah, out? Yeah. They don't like it because yeah. they haven't liked something since 81. Um, but yeah, but also just as far as Bruce versus sort of or how Bruce being um, or Paul being more versatile, I'd say definitely because you get the metal world is filled with people trying to sound like Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't, I don't know how a lot of people, and sometimes they kind of do, or you kind of hear that's what they're going for. I haven't heard a hell of a lot of people who've successfully, you know, been able to do what Paul does. True. Uh, and it's just such a so so sad that he hasn't taken better care of himself because he could still be making great stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you just you know and, and you know tried to. Maybe do a you know Blaze is doing because Blaze doesn't you know he's sort of moved out in his own thing he does not really focus too much overtly on the maiden stuff he does do a bit of that mm-hmm. but you know but Paul's band is literally called Killers <laughs> yeah um, so but no but but on the album though there's yeah it's 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 amazing there's nothing there's no weak uh, links in this one uh, the only one I'm I'm kind of not my favorite song is Wrathchild only because overplayed I've heard it so many yeah yeah, so, yeah. Uh, over familiar like other yeah. I mean, you got you got like, but like Purgatory. That's one of their one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear that live at some point. Uh, Murders in the Room, like, is maybe their coolest kind of, you know, opening uh, you know track they've ever done, like in a concert kind of situation. Uh, so I wish they'd bring that back. But there's, yeah, there's nothing better on it. It just sounds, uh, and also like you said, it sounds it, it sounds immense. It sounds it, you know, the, the leads are a lot better than the first, you know, the previous one because you know Adrian. It's because you know Adrian's Adrian. Yeah, and yeah, just. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. There's no, there's nothing. There's not a single weak moment on this. I'd say. Yeah, uh, this is interesting, um, Eric, because Paul and uh, Joe and I talk about Killer seems to come up in our conversation quite a lot, mm-hmm. 
and it's one of my least favourite Maiden albums. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. and it's and it's for you know, I've basically said for years I can't really put my finger on why. Um I can certainly have a have a go and try try to explain why. I agree with your child to me is overplayed, and I think we'd all agree with that. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really do anything for me anymore. Um and, and I would argue that Mothers in the Room Org should have opened the album as well. Think about mm-hmm. when the bass harmonics and the wee guitar that's the yeah, the album. Oh, then, yeah, then, yeah, then, yeah. then, then the Rolling Snare thing, boom, then right in that that's the album. The album, right, not it's the days of March. Days of March is just a bit stompy and just it's not bad. It's just you know I feel I feel that they just went right in there, nice yeah. wee nice wee that's soft a, intro and then just yeah, that's a good show actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so I think it gets for me it doesn't go off to the, the strongest start um on that one but there's something interesting i do agree with all of you on the production and the warmth of it and all the rest of it but particularly on murders in the room Org, you talked about paul listening to the first album then listen to killers right after which i did mm-hmm. i did and what was really noticeable was how dialed back the guitars are on murders in the room Org. they are so low in the mix it's all drums and bass and I noticed that on the first album, the guitars is you can argue if you like the sound of them or not, but they're very much there. Or they're loud, they're right up they're loud. Front. Aye, yeah. that's yeah, it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So the rawness, the rawness I felt was a little bit missing. Um, you know, it's really, really quite stark actually when you listen to the boss. So the rawness of I just thought Murders should have really, really punched, and it and it doesn't quite. The guitars are just mm-hmm. I mean, you know the mix that Butch does. Butch usually has the guitars not really, really necessarily really high up. Um, he's more about the overall sound. Yeah, it's, um, it's about the, the mid range and it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and that's okay, but it just because later on in the album and other songs, the guitars are right there. They're exactly mm-hmm. where they should be. But I just think that I was like, this album, this song is a great song, and it's not kicking my ass the way it should. Mm. Um, so Mothers in the Room Org is a, is a yeah, it's one of my favourites on the album. Because um, even when you come to Purgatory, which uh, Eric mentioned, and I think mm. I think you all mentioned them. Mm. Um, brilliant song. Purgatory's fantastic. It's a, that's a brilliant yeah. song. That's that's, oh, that's, yeah. that's that to me. It could be, it could be pushing for my favourite song on the album. Um, killers, killers as well, man. Killers, killers is excellent. Brilliant. Killers, yeah, but great, but yeah. Purgatory, you know, I mean, you talked about thrash, Joe. I mean, oh, I, he's that is a all thrashy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thrashy, thrashy song, man. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's just great. So I think, I think the weaker moments for me, you know, I would say like things like Another Life and Innocent Exile to me are just throw away. I don't necessarily get too much out of them. Um, and I think that's 
that's what it is for me. This album isn't that consistent um, as, as, as the first album. It just, it's just my own opinion. But I do, I do agree with you that there's tons of feeling on this album. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of, you know, um, Genghis Khan, I mean, the instrumental, that is, that's, that's, yeah, oh, that's a fantastic yeah. piece of music, you know. Fucking Genghis um, Khan, but <laughs> no, great, great, uh, great title. <laughs> uh, Kill, yeah, Killers is, is great as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, it just, I've got, my, I've still got my issues with it. Even uh, you know, listened to it recently and trying to kind of see if I can maybe connect it a bit more, and, mm-hmm. and haven't really been able to recently. Um, although it's not a bad album by any means, not not at all. It's, I mean, I. I and that you know, in the eighties, a poor Maiden album is still, yeah, <laughs> still fucking yeah, fantastic, yeah. you know. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of where I am with Killers. It's yeah. So I point out this is kind of weird. I just read this today, and I do this quite often in, in Maiden A to Z. So I don't know if this is true. So like I say that a lot of times in the pod, I'll I'll make claims that I've not really checked out particularly uh, uh, well. But you know, maybe this is true. <laughs> I read earlier today. Apparently, in just if you adjust for inflation, Genghis Khan was. was as the richest person who ever lived, because he would apparently his net worth would have been hundred trillion dollars. I don't know if this is true. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It could be. So you know, we can't ask at this point. Is so, it is it not so. something like ridiculous? Like Genghis Khan killed like three quarters of the world's population. That's true. He wasn't. Uh, he would not be. He would not be. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's a there's a thing as well that we're we're all re- related to him as well or something. Because like he that. Yeah, that many yeah. folk. Because, because he killed, <laughs> yeah. he killed yeah, three yeah. quarters of the world yeah. and then he started like yeah. you know spilling his seed everywhere and. So we're all so if we're, we're all related to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for that image, Paul. That was uh, great. Yeah, yeah. Genghis Khan spelling you seed. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in theory, we should all we should all be uh, heirs to the the vast Genghis Khan <laughs> estate. Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, where's my trillion. money, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, but Killers made, made in second album. Um, you know, we've all got our different opinions on that one. And uh, so what happens is Paul. Paul leaves then after this. He he yep. he leaves. He um I don't think his heart was really in it in the first place. Um I think he 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 was happy just, you know, doing the odd gig and having a drink afterwards and yeah, going home. Do I don't it, think he do it for a laugh. I, I don't think he really wanted to be a star or being in a being yeah. in a band, really, you know. So I think um, you know, he's he was becoming less and less reliable. Um, you he's know, yeah, shows. and I, I think he was he was getting I think he was gonna kind of drugs and all that at that time yeah, as well, yeah, you know. Cocaine, so yeah. Speed, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, it, it, it was obvious that his, his time was going to be limited, I suppose, when that kind of thing starts happening, especially again, as we mentioned, um Steve Harris is, you know. Um, well, they, they lost Clive pretty much for the same reason. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's right, after the beast, the beast tour. Um you're getting ahead, mate. You're getting ahead. Sorry, mate, sorry. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah. So um Paul leaves, he's asked to leave, and of course, in steps Bruce Dickinson. So um the, the singer that everyone associates with I am Maiden most. And uh and it was, it was interesting reading that Terry Slesser um was 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 actually auditioned. So he was the singer yeah. from Beckett and Maiden did the the, the Rainbow's Gold, um, which is a cover mm-hmm. of the Beckett song. And they also ripped off a whole section for Nomad as well from Beckett as well. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so Steve wasn't too too shy and <laughs> just lifting past some music that he liked and go, yeah, I'll have that. So uh so yeah, he he auditioned, but I think they made the point that he was really good at the the kind of more melodic stuff, but the, the harder edge stuff, he just 
they just didn't have the voice for it kind of thing. So so in steps uh, Bruce Bruce. <laughs> so that's gonna be the worst. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they had that stupid mustache with the the bowie shirt and stuff. Samson just looked terrible. Uh, uh, yeah, there was, there was. There were, uh, no, you know, no style whatsoever. Was, uh, <laughs> they like the scorpions. The, the way the scorpions just looked like what the fuck are those guys wearing? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally. Um, so yeah, of course, uh, Paul's mentioned uh, Samson. So Bruce was this Bruce, Bruce Bruce was the singer of Samson, and then when he joined Maiden, um, Rod Smallwood said, "There's no fucking way of calling yourself Bruce Bruce. What's your real name? Your real surname? Yeah, that's what your name's going to be." So, um, so he reverts back to Bruce Dickinson, even though his his real name is Paul. Yeah, so um, so Bruce steps in, and at the time they talk about making the album "The Number of the Beast," they talk about re- mm. recording this, and and of course you don't know you're making a classic album at the time. You know you're just making the best bunch of songs you you possibly mm. can, and they, you know they had no idea. Um, Martin Butch seemed to though he seemed to have he said I remember feeling the same thing as I felt when I was recording Machine Head with uh, Deep Purple so he did mm. that same kind of yeah this is this is get potential to be something really special so yeah made his third album Number of the Beast uh, let me do a notes here so this was uh, this was released on the twenty second of March nineteen eighty two and it was a UK number one album as well and I got to number seven in Sweden as well so um mm. so yeah so big 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 news and yep. uh, I think to this point it is still Maiden's biggest selling album um to this point um certainly correct me if, if anyone knows differently but I think it's I think Beast is still the really biggest seller oh, yeah. even today All right, cool. even today yeah yeah because I think it I think uh, I'm gonna I want to say about the mid two thousands I remember them celebrating it's I think it sold six million at that point. Jeez, and oh. and and you know uh, at that point, so you've got another say 15, 10, 15 years on top of that as well, um, sales wise. So, uh, yeah, so big, big, big difference, um, in, in vocals as we talked about, you know. So, Bruce is more got that more operatic style, the, the style that we all associate with metal, probably overall, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to the punky edge that Diano had. Um, and the one thing you notice immediately when you listen to this album is the production. No, it's I mean, sweet, it's yeah. sleek. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you stick it on, you're like, whoa, this is this is yeah. again and up another notch, um, production wise. So, I'm going to start off with Eric because uh, yeah. the album opens up with Invaders. Yeah, okay, well, um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, might, you might be able to relate to this or not relate to it. <laughs> so, here's the yeah, um, the thing this should be the the, the ultimate, the, the perfect album, but Invaders ruins that right <laughs> but, top, but, that's not yeah, a good song, it's, it's got Invaders on it, yeah. And then you got like all this stuff like Gangland's not Gangland is is not is not great, but it's you know it's amazing compared to Invaders. Uh, I feel and it just it gets off of the wrong note. And, you know, the, I mean, there's so many good tracks on here. Like there's a couple of like Hallow Be the Name is, you know, maybe yeah, classic. Uh, like maybe their best, you know, their best song. You got, you got Number of the Beast, Run Up the Hills, with 22 Cash Avenue. I mean, pretty much all the I mean all of them here are my favorite song except for you know fucking Invaders. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
and there's there's apparently like they could have done something like they, if they'd opened with number of the beast instead that'd have been amazing mm, that makes yeah. sense yeah. as a first yeah, drive totally. yeah yeah with, it, with even the voice at the start and that would yeah, have been yeah, the just, absolute yeah. best way to open that record 100 yeah. yeah. well, yep. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is six hundred and sixty-six. But it's it's such a it's such a especially because you know when I was uh, uh, when I was a kid when I just uh, when I was getting into the band you know uh, at that point because uh, my parents were were Catholic so so was I during that time so you know this was very you know. Uh, uh, taboo <laughs> troublesome yeah. yeah dangerous territory because yeah. like oh my god you know what are they doing you know like you know so um that made it sort of even more fun yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yep. so yeah but yeah there's it's uh yeah that being said it's it's i don't listen to it as much as i would or i, I listen to some of the songs quite often but i don't really listen to it all the way through as much as i do like peace of mind or even killers because there's a couple of real clunkers on there i don't really like you know yeah. so yeah yeah i think so and and i think um uh, it, it's strange even invaders it's like you know because they had invasion obviously and they've just mm. basically written the same song again obviously musically they're, they're different but uh, it's the same basically the same lyrics again it's like Topic. did you not did you not realize when you you wrote those lyrics the first time that they were terrible and and to mm. try and write those same lyrics again and, <laughs> and put them into this song you know it's just Absolutely. That. but uh but uh joe number of the beast well number of the beast for a start Invaders Total Eclipse should have been on that uh, album yep, instead yep. of Invaders because yeah, de- yeah. Total Eclipse yeah. is a way, way better song. I don't yep. know why they didn't include it. Um, actually, sorry, just to jump in. See, on that one, the Total Eclipse, it was actually recorded after at the end. Oh, was after it? the sessions, they'd actually already got it together and they needed a song for the B-side. Um, so they actually so went in. Much so they quickly got in and recorded that after the actual number of the B-sessions because that's what Steve said. They said that. Fucking wish we'd have put it on Aye, on the album, you know, so much uh, better so... than than fucking invaders, man. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, and even Gangland. Number of the Beast is a strange album for me. Um, there he there is. He is. Yeah, it's coming in. Back. <laughs> he's been off stealing more cars. Been <laughs> yeah. getting chased by the cops for the past half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and Jonathan's back with us. <laughs> I think he's in a second. He's probably. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Joe. Carry on. Right. So, yeah. Number of the Beast is a kind of strange one for me. Um, and I think it is due to the fact that it has Invaders on it, which isn't a good song. Gangland, I don't hate it, but it isn't a very good song. And I don't particularly like um, Run to the Hills that much either. So right mm-hmm. away, there's three songs on it that I really don't care about. So for me, it brings that what could have been an absolutely flawless album, kind of like what Eric said. Um, it brings it down 
dramatically for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 22 Acacia Avenue is amazing. Number of the Beasts amazing. Hallowed Be Thy Name is amazing. Um, the Prisoner. Prisoner. Pre- pre- oh, prisoner yeah. I, all all mm. these classic songs, they're, they're all absolute classic Iron Maiden, you know what I mean? And their composition, you know, the, the way they're structured, everything. Children of the Damned is probably my favourite yeah. song on it. Yeah, um, Amazing song, but yeah, it, it's, it's kind of sad that it, you know, it opens with such a shit song. <laughs> but, uh, but I totally agree with whoever said it. I can't remember who it was, but I, thinking on it now, Number of the Beast should have been the song. Yeah, I think Eric said, yeah. Eric said that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then removed that and put total, uh, Invaders and put Total Eclipse in, and it, it would have been right up there yeah. for me. It's one of their best records, but sadly, it. It isn't up there with one of my favourite Iron Maiden albums because of those kind those clunkers that are on it. Yeah. Yeah. Even in Invaders, I mean, even even they could have even salvaged that song. The chorus is so well, it's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. That guitar dude. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, pillaging. That's, <laughs> I think with, with Iron Maiden as well, it's like you know, there's there is I I'm not getting too off topic here, but I think we Iron Maiden sometimes have really great verses and almost fuck a lot of their songs up with their choruses, believe it or not, yeah. by singing the name of the song over and over <laughs> and over again. Uh, and I'm just like, saw- or like yeah, we we had a guy on a few weeks ago, uh, Greg, who was talking about the song uh, "Man on the Edge," where the chorus is basically just Blaze yelling a movie title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Falling down, uh, by yeah, Michael yeah. Douglas. Falling yeah. down. Yeah, it's like uh, they're, 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 they're painfully um, on the nose with too much of their lyrics a lot of the time. Mostly Steve's fault, I may add. But anyway, yeah, yeah I, I, I do love Number of the Beast, but it has three songs on it that aren't particularly fond of. Yeah, yeah. As I was gonna say, we did an episode the other day where we sort of speculated on the on the, the upcoming album because there's one in the works now mm-hmm. coming out, and like there's a lot of the songs on the on the, the track list that sound like they're sort of based around movie titles or like it's like so it's like okay, so this could just be like. They've just been watching Netflix and it's been <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, Netflix yelling. album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so every, every song, the chorus is going to be just repeating the name of because one's called the, the parchment, isn't oh, it? The parchment. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's just, like... just uh... <laughs> so yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to find out how that, yeah. that turns now, out. Now, now here's a challenge for everybody here. Is there mm-hmm. an Iron Maiden album where there isn't a this song on it? I don't yeah. think there is. I think there's a this song on every single Iron Maiden. The Ides of March. Yeah. And then I, I, I was going to say, I'm out of life or death, but it's fucking the reincarnation. And then you get the, the legacy. The, the Pilgrim. The Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> about fucking six songs in that one album that <laughs> oh, I've there. Yeah. Remember the first, the first there's, album? There's no does on Paris. Oh, there is the duelist. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, fuck it. There's, yeah. Everyone. There's got to be one. No, I don't I think, think the, no, the, the first album. First album doesn't. Because oh, it, like, it's not. It's, that, no. The Phantom of the it's Opera. It's not The Prowler. No, but it's Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I know that. Phantom. Phantom. <laughs> I, I know that. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's, there's none on the first yeah. album. That's that, probably, probably the only man. one. Yes, yeah, the only one, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, that's... Well, that, that's that's the why we like we, we sort of decided that we had to do 
when we get to the songs with the that we're scaling it, we're gonna ignore the the and just yeah, put it yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah. We're gonna oh, be like doing teas for the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonathan, so we were talking obviously, um, we're talking about Number of the Beast now. So, um, yeah, how's that album for you? What's your relationship with that? That was the first one I bought right after um, Brave New World and the uh, the reunion happened, I started digging through the back catalog as address before. So that's like, that's a main record for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most important stylistically, I would say. It has the, the style of, uh, of Maiden, like through the times, I think. Like it's sort of timeless in a way. Of course, it sounds a bit like 1982, but uh, for me, it's just Iron Maiden. So that's where the album is. And I overheard your discussion now as I, Regained an office to record in, which is a patch of forest actually that I'm in now. So, oh, really? <laughs> tell me, yeah, tell you hate the grave? Yeah, exactly. Hiding, hiding from the police. Did you hiding from the guy you stole the car from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they say my, my ad hoc rural podcasting solutions have yeah, they turned out a bit of a challenge, a bit of a challenge. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> I heard you over talking now. I overheard you talking about. Uh, the, about invaders so i could address that one just because yeah. no one likes that song no one likes it but i do uh, but <laughs> of course of course i don't like the chorus so i couldn't listen to the song for the first few well maybe the first 20 years after i got the album <laughs> <laughs> but then i also measured it and it's like six seconds long times three so the whole song has less than 20 seconds of this shit chorus going yeah. on mm-hmm. and the rest of it is to me completely amazing i made an opening track really cool i think it's really really good but yeah so that one i think deserves deserves a bit of a i guess consolation prize at least yeah i i, I agree actually I, I i don't actually hate it I, I don't either and i think if it had better better lyrics and um you know and a, and a better chorus you know you'd be looking at it completely differently um because that's quite yeah. a dry you know the, the verses, the verses are, quite are quite driving you know yeah yeah, yeah. 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 really kind of really kind of um aggressive kind of kind of song you know and um and yeah so i'm, I'm kind of with you on that one jonathan i think it's i, th- I don't think it's terrible it's it kind of it kind of is it's terrible but i like it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean exactly it's it's on the same record as hello be thy name so of yeah. course it's you know it's absurd, absurd absurdly subpar to that song, I would say. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I kind of like it, and it has some some really cool riffs. The first uh, machine gun thing, yeah, I think it's a very assertive way, a very assertive way to start uh, like yeah. a legendary mm-hmm. album. And then the riff after is absolutely rocking. The mm-hmm. the purple esque, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And verse riff, verse riff is kind of like Wickerman, but ages before. So it's all like high quality, like high octane metal. But then with the maybe the weirdest chorus and maybe the ugliest riff as well. The riff underneath is also absurdly ugly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even underneath. It underneath is it? You know, it's, it's, on top of it. it's 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 very heavily. Yeah, it's like yeah, a quick yeah. question answer type type situations that do right Yeah, and then of course it's our so- it's our song as well. We're North, we are Norsemen, right? So I have to mention <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Of course, but, yeah. uh, but no, it's probably the weakest song on the album. I just had to give it some some credit anyway, and maybe that's like telling of how good that record is. It's a very good album. Yeah. Do you? Do, but it's do, not. It's, 
I was going to ask, do you guys like, you know, invasion and invaders? Do you do you do you listen or read lyrics like that and and think it's it's really ignorant of of your, your culture, or you know, or do you think it's just like it's just someone that that you know that that ill-informed? Ill informed. I'm just I'm just having a, having a bit of fun, a bit of comic book uh, lyrics. How does it? How does it? Uh, that kind of thing sit with you guys? I would say, uh, that one, yeah, I would say like uh, the, it is, of course, a bit ignorant, but it's also like a bit matinee, you know, uh, let's say mm-hmm. Braveheart. Yeah. With you. We have Scots here, right? The yes. movie, for example, you know, with Mel Gibson, everything is kind of wrong, but still pretty good mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Interesting tale. You know, in a, I watched it very late. I watched it because of our podcast. And I was I was aiming for a shit fest because I thought it would be crap, but it, it was actually it was actually pretty good. It was good entertainment, and you know, yeah. Vikings did, Vikings didn't have horns on their helmets. You know, <laughs> most of their broad, <laughs> most of their broad stuff was uh, merchant merchants, right? Doing right, kind of yeah, uh, businessmen. Yeah. Businessmen. It was mostly businessmen. But I mean, that doesn't really make a cool heavy metal song, does it? <laughs> businessmen. <laughs> businessmen <laughs> making deals. <laughs> Buying butter. It doesn't work. No, but uh, yeah, so the quick answer would be that I'm fine with I think it's pretty cool actually. It's still yeah. a tribute, even though obviously it's from a very narrow perspective and from a perspective of entertainment. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. a it's not a history book. It's entertainment. Yeah. Alexander the Great. We're not reaching that album, but that's the same thing. It's silly. It's like a Wikipedia article, or mm-hmm. encyclopedia yeah. article back then. But yeah. it's still nice. You know, it's still you see the riders coming along there. They're riding mm-hmm. across the fields, and it doesn't have to be a tribute. It doesn't have to be even correct. It's just yeah. a, an image, right? Yeah. Imagery. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, because obviously the the clansmen for for us, obviously that would be as as, as Scotsman. That's that's like uh, you know the, the 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 you know the song that Steve wrote after seeing Braveheart and stuff. And and uh, it, I think if it was musically better, you know, we might have aye. forgiven it. Aye, <laughs> but it's just, I like it. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I, 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 I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. No. No. It's, it's just one of Maiden's low points for me. I suppose. So. I suppose it's tenuous, but um, yeah. the Wicker Man is about. Well, the film's about Scottish pagan, so we'll, we'll take that yeah. one as well. Right. Aye, that's yeah. a better one. Eh? <laughs> that's a better song. Right yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're still we're talking about anything more to say about Beast? Anyone want to? Uh, yeah, because um, I've not said anything about it yet. All right, another one. Hi, Paul. We never noticed it. <laughs> Beast. <laughs> Beast. Um, Invaders is terrible. If, if I'm looking for a raping and pillaging song, I'm going to go with Warriors of Genghis Khan. My bad, bad news. news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a warrior. The blood won't wash away. I'm a warrior. I'll kill myself one <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick invaders, right? So uh, that's straight off the bat. I actually don't mind Gangland at all. I, I think it's an all right song. I, I have no problems with it. A lot of people, you know, 
I say, like oh, it. it's Gangland Invaders so are terrible. Can, but you can tell the, Clive the Drummond Clive wrote it. The Drummond's ah, yeah, amazing. Drummond's fantastic. Drummond's great yeah. on it. Yeah. Children of the Damned is just, just. That was my first favorite. So good. That's yeah. all. I loved yeah. it as a kid. It was. I think it was comprehensible enough, easy enough, and then had a bit of that Sabbathy vibe. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. Almost yeah. the almost the opposite to Gangland, which I love now. Yeah. But I think yeah. Gangland was a case where the lyrics made it hard for me because they were silly to me. You know, Gangland, yeah. tell no tales. Yeah. So like yeah. that's yeah. not. That's and no it, longer in there. It yeah. loses the matinee vibe, right? It's no longer matinee. It's more like a, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it loses the imagery, but a yeah, great it's not, song. It's not got a charm. Great yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Um, Music is great. And, it, and it's interesting you talk about, you know, like Children of the Damned. Um, I, I saw it somewhere that Bruce said that that was their kind of version of Children of the Sea, the, the aye, Sabbath song. Sabbath, um, and, yep. and, and And I think there's, there's similarities, um, I think, with the Sabbath situation. They had Ozzy as a vocalist, and then this guy comes in who's got this fucking massive range. Yeah, and it's kind of similar. We 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 made in here. They've suddenly got this guy where they can, you know, there's they, no limits to what they yeah, can do. Yeah, yeah, that this guy can soar over anything, you know. Yeah. Um, so that it all opens up, you know, um, and you you can do stuff like Children of the Damned and you know Hallowed Be Thy Name and all that, um, and it just sounds massive and yeah, it's just pure unadulterated classic heavy metal you know that's that mm-hmm. that's this is this is what heavy metal is this album that's you know it's all in there yeah um yeah. superb album apart from evaders get that to fuck but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. it is the worst it is the worst song on the album I, I still wanted to pick it it's because of this everyone hates it you know? it, needs <laughs> yeah. a little bit of, it needs a little bit of time on the scene i think they never played it live Either and then maybe they neither they should, but you know still. No, I don't think it's. I think it's fine. I don't think it's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Gangland, gangland. They should play. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, That'd be cool yeah. even to hear Nico. That's a good I don't song. Think, yeah, Nico wouldn't do it as good. I think it's a Clive song. No, He's, not he at even all. has. It's his only writing credit too. Even yeah. that is like remarkable to me. Like to have a Clive song on a, on a on a Maiden record is is great. Yeah. yeah. So love it's, it's decent, it's a decent <laughs> song, man. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing, there's the on the the whole album, there's loads of swing on the drum playing, you know, just yeah. it's just it swings, mm. it really, really swings the whole, you know, most of the album. And I think, um, you know, obviously we know Bruce uh, had some writing credits that weren't given, obviously, because of the contractual situation with Samson. So we know he, I think he was involved in The Prisoner um, and and maybe one other, I forget. But yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I think, you know, the, the marrying up of, of Adrian and Bruce um, in the same band, um, I think we really, mm-hmm. when we start talking about the next album, we start to, to hear that. That sort of uh, collaboration yeah. starting to start yeah. kind of really really work um, on the next one, but yeah, Beast is Beast is a 
It's probably not one of one. It's probably not one of the, the maiden albums I necessarily go to all the time. It's not the one if I'm going to listen to Maid, I wouldn't necessarily pick out Number of the Beast. I would maybe go for Peace of Mind or or Seven, Seven Sun, Sun, you know, Seven something Sun. like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, uh, so. Well, I agree. Actually, they're both better, but it's not every day, not every day is a Seven Sunday or a Peace of Mind day. Absolutely, so that's that, yeah, that's true. my two favorite. That's my two favorite maiden records for sure. So. Yes, mine's as well, actually. I, th- I, think, I, I, think, son. I think I might agree with that as well, actually. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. good. Two of their best epic songs, well, for me, well, up, up. back in the 80s, uh, all their yeah. epic songs were pretty much gold, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. Also, for me, sequencing is important, and that's yeah. also a good reason to join you now and talk albums instead of songs. I do mention the album sequence while talking about songs, but still. Yeah. The album format, that's that's music for me. It will always be like that. Yeah, that and, concert, yeah. and, and concerts. And, 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 and you need a good listing. You need a good uh, track sequence. It's very important. Yeah, and I think Peace of Mind, like... Peace of Mind and Seven Sun, especially Seven Sun, has a perfect, oh, perfect, yeah, yeah, perfect. perfect. sequence. Yeah. 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 Seven Sun's an absolute 10 out of 10. Yeah. One of the such, best such albums good ever sequencing. made. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect yeah. sequence. 44 minutes. It's not even that long. It's just it's yeah. perfect. Perfect. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But just uh, just finally, I think you touched upon it, Eric, before we move on to peace of mind. Um, Hallowed be thy name. Yeah, it, it is. I would say that is my favorite maiden live song. You know, the what the one the song Aye. that they play live. Mm. That's my favorite. It's always always has been. It's just got yeah. it's got everything. Uh, I think it just encapsulates everything that I am maiden is, and that one that, that one song. Agreed. Agreed. Lyrically, yeah. it's it's the it's the best. I think that that Harris ever mm. did. You know, in the sense of painting a painting a picture. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. a, mm. like a like a movie, um, yeah. you know, he's tried it numerous times after that, and he's been quite successful. Seventh Son, the Seventh Son being one of them, I think, very, very good story and stuff like that. Um, but, but that one, he really got it. You know, he got it on the head. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I think I prefer it live to to the, the album version. Yeah, I think the album well. version because obviously it's very fast. The opening um, on the album, the do, 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 it's kind of that pace on the album. Whereas live, they slow really yeah. really slow it down. And I think slow that down. yeah, that that and part. also the in contrast to the subsequent part because that part is mm-hmm. too slow on the album. That's right. Yeah, very very yeah. good point. Yeah, very good <laughs> point. Like, it's kind of like yeah, yeah, flipped yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm a big Clive Burr fan, very big. I think usually he plays better on the songs meant for him, but that's an exception. I think yeah, I prefer, I prefer Nicholas Hallow. I prefer yeah. Nicholas Hallow. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My, my favorite version of the song, there's a B side to uh, Reincarnation of Benjamin Brief from 2006. And they did like a like an in studio thing at BBC, so it's yeah. like them basically. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's yeah, really good. That's, yeah. Like, that's probably that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, it was it was interesting because I was watching the You Leave a gig um, earlier on the you know 2005 in uh, Gothenburg uh, the the, oh, yeah. the and that's Bruce Bruce is I, I think that's possibly. He's probably peaked at that point. I think as a, as <laughs> yeah, a maiden singer because yeah. he's absolutely fantastic on that. Um, you know, as a live singer because sometimes. 
you know, we'd probably all agree Bruce can be ropey at times. Sometimes, you know, um, even in the Seven mm. Sun, Sun Tour, you know, there's some some gigs it's he's not sounding great. Uh, um, um, live, but yeah. live after death, it's, it's, uh, it's, it sounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. AC's high on the video. Is, is yeah, he's high. Ah, he's struggling. Yeah, yeah, struggles a little bit on that yeah. one. Yeah, but anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about Maiden's fourth album. This is the last album mm. we're going to talk about. And this is Peace of Mind. So we talked about Clive there, and Clive left the band. I think he was going through some stuff, um, you know, around about um, kind of maybe alcohol and things like that. I'm not entirely sure, but I think his, his, certainly his lifestyle was affecting affecting his ability to, to kind of carry on and, and actually, you know, uh, be in the band. I think it was becoming apparent, obviously, on the tour because he did finish uh, the Beast tour with them. Um, so the album, um, Peace of Mind, features... Nico McBrain for the first time. So Nico McBrain, as you know, was the drummer for Trust, and, and he left Trust to join Iron Maiden. Or I don't know if he'd already left at that point. I'm not entirely sure, but um, certainly Trust was his last band um, before Maiden. And and if you're Anthrax fans out there, you'll probably be very familiar with the name Trust because uh, uh, Anthrax and, cover antisocial. Antisocial. Yeah, um, Trust song. Um, so this album was recorded. This is this is where the money's clearly clearly starting to, to starting to arrive for Maiden because they're, yep, they, yep, yep. <laughs> they're recording in the Bahamas. So yeah. Uh, yeah, the money's there. And before this, they go to Jersey, and the island of Jersey, to write the album. And as Bruce was saying, um, they had twenty four hour access to the studio. It was all set up for them. So when they wanted to bash out ideas and maybe just hit play uh, hit record on the tape recorder. They had, they had it all set up just to get their ideas down. So they finished uh, writing the album in Jersey, then flew to the Bahamas to, to record the album. And Martin Birch is, of course, uh, producing this album too. Big noticeable difference in the production on this one. A lot raw. It's a lot compared, to, compared to Beast. The beast yeah. 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 So, so, Eric, I'm going to bring you in uh, on this yeah. one. Um, so peace of mind. Um, How is it for you? Well, this is this is my probably I'd say my favorite Maiden album of all time. Uh, even though there is one song that's kind of rough, and that's uh, that's that's no surprise. It's, it's Quest for Fame. <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, of course. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very much about. I like. I embrace the sort of silliness of the thing. I'm a big sci-fi fan, and you know, so you know, like you can't. You know, there's a you know horror fan, all that kind of stuff. And there's a certain silliness that you have to embrace to mm-hmm. appreciate it. Uh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. There's no way you can enjoy that without embracing the silliness yeah. of that. Uh, having said that, <laughs> it's kind of hard when you know. And the the, the the lyrics to Quest for Fire are not great. Uh, it's it's rough. Um, but otherwise, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, there's we've we've only very briefly touched this album. Maiden A to Z so far. Uh, we've only done Dire for Boots on, but there's so many songs here that are like, uh, like Folly of Icarus, Revelations are two of my favorites. Um, Sun and Steel is one that me and... Uh, I love that. I'm hoping maybe that with this, since with the sort of samurai theme of the new, the uh, the, uh, the upcoming album, they'll, they'll break this one out at some point finally, because it'd be really great. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course.
great uh, song, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, there's, there's, and you know, and you got the, the 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 it kicks off even if it's not the best song in the album, but you know the the drum intro to where he oh, goes there is yeah. like such an iconic, amazing you know uh, intro to the the album. No, yeah, so it's it yeah it's. I listen to that, you know. That's that's probably the one I listen to the. Uh, I revisit uh, most often. Um, mm-hmm. uh, besides, maybe I mean, you know, since we've started doing this pod, I've been have you know, I've been listening to. I have to go listen to all kinds of different ones, but you know, before we start doing it, the one I often my go to one would probably be this one most of the time. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul, do you want to jump in? Yeah. So uh, as I said at the start, this was the first uh, I ever made an LP that I bought. Um, and uh, yeah, this is obviously quite quite a special thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's not it, it's not the best thing they did. Um, Seven Sun for me is the the, yeah, the best thing they ever so. did. But uh, this is quite close. Um, but yeah, quit, <laughs> Quest for Fire. I think you know Perfect. it loses points for that. Um, uh, yeah, and 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 he. Uh, even you know, as you were saying, Eric, you know, taking into account the you know, the, okay, it's heavy metal, it's a bit daft and all that. Mm-hmm. Even taking that into account, it's, yeah, it's still it's a bad hard. song. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's, it's not. The, yeah. It's the Irish jig that I yeah. can get my head. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, and this, I guess this was probably my first ever proper heavy metal album that I bought. Um, I suppose you could argue that by by this time I had like the first two Queen albums and all that, which you know are kind of metal. But this is like heavy metal, like you know, as I, imagery, the, yeah, the, yeah, the whole the, the whole package kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this yeah this would have been the first metal album I ever bought, and as well as well as just being the first Maiden one. Um, well, I mean. Where, where, where can you start? Fight of Icarus for a long time is my favourite ever Love it. Aiden song. Just fucking love that song. I still do. Um, Revelations, uh, you know, still life. Uh, just still life, really you know. And then, and, and uh, for a wee while, die with your boots on. It was just like over familiar. Played, you know, they played it live. All, you know, just like ah, uh, you know. Um, but it's still, it's still a great song. Um, and uh, Sun and Steel. What a what a hook. Mm-hmm. The chorus yeah. I, I love I love the chorus. Um the riffs see the that riff's fucking yeah. brilliant. Uh, great riff. Uh, yeah, and uh, what 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 a great chorus and and um to tame my land, you know, great as well. A, a good closer. Um I, th- I think they wanted to call it June because it's based on the, the, the book, the yeah. Frank Herbert book. Frank Herbert told them to fuck off. Because he did rock and heavy metal in particular, you know. So, 
no, you can't use the name. So, so it became to tame my land. But yeah, great song. Yeah, I love this album. Uh, as you might have guessed, yeah. Um, not no much more to say about it. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's interesting to have that as uh, your favorite, uh, or Seven Sun as your favorite because Seven Sun, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like to. It's my favorite too. But I like to make uh, self-contradicting claims. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and one of them, and one of them is Seven Sun is my favorite Iron Maiden album. But Peace of Mind is the world's best heavy metal album. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. It contradicts itself, but it's yeah. true to me. And yeah. weirdly enough, everyone accepts this. They understand what I mean. Mm, totally. <laughs> but, but I think Peace of Mind has that ex- extremely heavy metal, whereas Seven Sun is extremely Iron Maiden. So yeah. it's yeah. two different things. But yeah. this could be Dio, Dio material. It could even go back to the 70s. It's yeah. right in there at the birth, or, or maybe not even the birth, but maybe the peak of of this genre in a way mm. because it all spiraled out in the 80s i like mid 80s and i like even some late 80s but mm. uh, to, to a big extent this is the peak of heavy metal and this is the, the crown to it so yeah. it's yeah. such a good album and uh, for favorite songs i could pick any but uh, i think to tame a land is a good example of that um, accepting the silliness that's easy to do in that one compared to quest for fire And it's still silly, you know. Don't wear gamba gamba in the kingdom of the land, in the kingdom of the sand, in the time tomorrow. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's yeah. silly. It's yeah. it's uh, it's almost it. Yeah, I'm gonna ha- go ahead and say it. It's dorky, but I love it. You know, yeah. it's a great song. And the, yeah, the, the album is just a it's just a great heavy metal album. Probably the best. Yeah, hard to say much more. Uh, even yeah. the trooper, even the trooper. Everyone heard, heard it all. On every live album, on every live show, the troopers there, and I wanted to be there. It's it's just yeah. a this is solid song, yeah, through and through. Like Joe, Joe, jump in. Well, I'm just going to basically echo everybody here. Um, yeah, this this is my second favorite Iron Maiden album. Obviously, Seventh Son being my favorite. Um, for this album, to me, it's weird. It's like. This was the beginning of the the history lessons that Iron Maiden was going to start giving you. <laughs> yeah. From now on, this is when he started right really delving into you know things like you know Alexander the Great, obviously things like that, you know, um, and not just that, but obviously like um, literature. You know, they were getting right into the whole literature thing. Well, Steve was anyway. Um, I've always loved this album. Um, it's very raw. I mean, you put this, you know, if you put um, Number of the Beast on, and then Peace of Mind comes on directly after it. It's a massive difference in production. Like mm-hmm. they've really taken away a lot of the glossiness and the shiny sound that um, that Beast had, and they've went for a much more stripped down, raw, upfront mix. And I think it really suits it. It gives it, it gives it maybe a little bit more of that punk vibe that maybe the first record had. For me, when everything's a lot more stripped back, and it might have been a conscious decision by the band, maybe they thought, right, Beast is, you know, it sounds also, very big. Also, Beast, Beast was recorded in England, and uh, it's a big mm. difference these yeah. days. 
I in absolutely in, in, in order of getting and also it was a new studio so maybe the sound wasn't as comfortable but Could I think uh, I think it went uh, beneficial for peace of mind. Oh, absolutely! So the sound I, is so it's so good. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's so yeah. simple. It's yeah. so simple. I There's not it. much to it. It's just yeah. great. Absolutely, and I think peace of mind. Beside the big songs that peace of mind has, like the obvious ones, like the trooper, you know, things like that. For me, the deep cuts on peace of mind are the best deep cuts on any Iron Maiden album. Like you've got Sun and Steel, which is fucking amazing. You've got um, Still Life, which I think's an oh, amazing yeah. song. Yeah, and that was Dave that wrote that, wasn't it? That was Dave's song. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then To Tame a Land is an absolutely great song as well. You know, these are kind of deeper cuts and they're, they're, they're just as good to me as things like The Trooper and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, another thing as well with Peace of Mind is um, I think it was the second Iron Maiden album that I bought, if I remember correctly. I think it was. And I remember taking it home and really being encapsulated by the artwork and then listening to the music and, the, and you know, in the, the inner sleeve where they're all sitting at the big banquet table and it's all in the yeah, armour. The, the brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it totally put, when I listen to that album, although the songs aren't about medieval times, it puts me in a medieval realm when I'm listening to it, you mm-hmm. know, of, of knights and armour and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. And and it, it transports you into a world when I listen to that album and it, and it takes me back to being like 13, 12, 13 years old when I first heard it. Um, and absolutely, uh, yeah, it's a flawless piece of work. Okay, um, Quest for Fire isn't very good, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the so- the songs that are on it are so, so much better than everything, you know, than a lot of the stuff that came on later Maiden albums that was quote-unquote bigger songs. You know, like I would mm-hmm. rather listen to Still Life than listen to... Bring your daughter to the slaughter, or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's a for for me, peace of mind is um, a very mature album as well. Yeah, as compared yeah. to you know the first three, you know, it's, you feel this band are actually now starting to really hit a sweet spot now. And um, and I think that's because of the writing of uh, Adrian and Bruce getting added into the mix. That classiness in their writing is in there. You know, Revelations. Brilliant. You know, Bruce's song. That's that is. You know, Harris couldn't write a song like that. You know, no. uh, only Bruce could do that. You know.
And then obviously Adrian and Adrian and uh, Bruce collaborating on uh, Flight of Icarus and, and things like that. So I think there's 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 that that added uh, those extra ingredients into the the writing as is made made what's my peace of mind as one of the best Iron Maiden albums and best heavy metal albums as you guys say of all time. And it's quite interesting to me because this album is rhythm guitar. It's all about the rhythm guitar. And there's not too, I don't know if there's any other Maiden albums that are so heavy on rhythm um, and not a lot of tam- harmonies and, you know, the, the kind of twin guitar sure. attack. It's, it's, it's very, very rhythm guitar uh, based, which is something that I like about it as well. Um, even think about the middle section of Where Eagles There. It's just rhythm guitar going going for ages and ages. They don't even break yeah. into a into a wee lead a twin lead bar anything. It's just the rhythm guitar, and just because it doesn't let up, it doesn't stop. It just keeps driving away. That Amazing. I love it. It's maybe yeah, a bit yeah. a bit too much for some people because it's quite repetitive. But I just love the way it just keeps slamming that riff. You know, over the... yeah, it's an interesting point because I had this, I have that I completely have your perspective today of that. Yeah. But if you go back when I listened to it as a kid, it was like, why does this go on for so long? I didn't <laughs> yeah. get it. But but yeah. it's meditative, you know. It's meditative. You get into a hypnotic kind of mood, and it's very, I think, very rare in heavy metal to just mm-hmm. let it rest and just jam on that riff because yeah. the riff maybe isn't le- a complete song in itself, but it's mm-hmm. just nice to stay there. Yeah. And it makes Vergas there quite a unique song, I think. It stands yeah, out yeah. in the main catalog because it has no rush really to go, go anywhere. If yeah. you listen to old songs, sometimes they switch every minute, they switch mm-hmm. uh, to a completely different song, essentially. Whereas this yeah. one is just, just goes, yeah. just goes I- like a pendulum, you know. Yeah, it doesn't feel like six minutes. No, it feels no. a little shorter. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I, I think maybe they were uh, obviously it's based on the 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 Alistair McLean book and the film and all that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I and I always thought because you could hear the 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 gunfire, can't you? Yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. imagine it's it's them being cinematic. It's like you can imagine that. The, yeah, the, totally. The, yeah, the yeah. cars yeah, and all yeah. that going over, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, yeah. you know the Germans are shooting at them and all that. Yeah, yeah. so I uh, say. Yeah, and the drum, I, the drum intro is iconic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. What a, to, what a way to introduce your new drummer. You know. Yeah. What I mean? yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. <laughs> what a move. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, Bruce talks about that, doesn't he? He was talking about Nico with Gwen because he didn't want to use the, the, you know, a double kick pedal or even a double kick, and he wanted, you know, he kept practicing. He'd get maybe fifteen minutes into, into the song, exhausted, and he, and he, he could do it, and then he just kept, 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 kept at yeah. it and at it and at it, and eventually he, he got it. And 
they, you know, yeah. try, trying to prove a point, I suppose, I guess. Um, Nick, Nico's single kick is ridiculous. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so good. Aye, so good. Um, but this album, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, you know, Revelations, I think, is, is, a, is a perfect song. I'm kind of the same as Paul, probably. Die, Die With Your Boots On is maybe yeah, one that yeah, I, one of the weaker ones just, on it yeah. for me. Um and uh, but yeah, Sun and Steel, Still Life, The Trooper, To Tame Land. These are all absolutely amazing songs. Right, Flying yeah. by Chris, you know. It's you know. Uh, so yeah, to me, this is this is you know. If I was a Maiden fan from the start, um, you know, got the first album and followed their career from the start. I think by the time it got to this album, I'd be like, oh, this band are just on unstoppable. Fire now. They are. They are. Yeah. They are. The potential now for this band is is un- unreal, and uh, yeah. I just think it's an absolutely outstanding album. Um, bye. And also, even the journey in such short time, and because of my ad hoc solutions here for recording, I wasn't on talking about the first album. But the first album, I, it's one of my favorites too. Probably yeah. my third favorite would be the first Iron Maiden record. And then again, it's so different to what they've become already in three years. Oh, a totally yeah. different band. Yeah, yeah totally yeah. different. Yeah, but I, I happen to love yeah. both those versions of this band. But just, you know, to to make a point of, how this lineup is really Iron Maiden. These five guys are still on stage. Mm. Yeah, yep, absolutely. It's the the the, the lineup. Yeah. Um, so so just quickly, Jonathan, what's your what's your opinion on Killers then? Killers is a real grower for me. It was not really my favorite as a kid. It was more of a uh, I could hear more Deep Purple in it, and at that time that was a bad thing. Today that's a brilliant thing. Uh, you know, I, I love that now. Yeah. So, and also, I claimed this in our pod once. Henrik agreed with me wholeheartedly, and it's that if you're a little bit tired of listening to Iron Maiden, you can pick up Killers if you still want to still want to yeah, listen. Yeah. And it's a bit of a different band. It's very short. Yeah. I I called it a, a, like a club gig or a pub gig, even in a small venue. You could play that entire album as a set, and that would yeah. be a killer set, no pun intended. But it would be really good, you know, as a concert, even. Even though it's not that epic, but you know, yeah. it's just uptight, close, uptight, energetic type thing. So and now I think it's brilliant. I also have that on the Fame vinyl, actually. Have you got yeah, that? We were talking yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, we were I have that on yeah. Fame. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I've got this. So, and the Fame logo kind of creeps in nicely on that one. It doesn't yeah, ruin the sleeve. It's kind of like <laughs> just just at the, the corner there. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. I've got I've got I've got that. This fame one, and I also have number of the beast. It's the fame one. The fame one as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have fireball with the purple. It's just something that crops up now and then. Strange thing is, were they cheaper for some reason? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's the discount budget, budget range. Uh, yeah, I don't think the fame ones. I don't think they they had as much linear notes in there. Am I, am I making that up, David? You well, I think know? Iron Maiden the and sleeves Killers d- didn't have any inner sleeves anyway. That'll be where it was. Ah, right. Well, really but did, but yeah. Beast, but Beast does, and I think the Fame one didn't have the the sleeve yeah. the, the lyrics. Uh, yeah, because Mines didn't, yeah. didn't have it. Yeah. It's a Fame, yeah. So I think that's they, they, that's where they maybe saved the money. You know, not <laughs> not putting right. in the, the lyric sheet and stuff. So yeah. Um, well, fantastic! I think I think that's us. We've managed to talk about four absolute classic albums and uh, and quite a, a short period of time. So, well done, everyone! Yeah, thank you. This was real fun. I, I, you know, I, this is real fun. I, I'd love to do the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, listen, absolutely. So, uh, if you guys are um, are willing to come back, we'd love to do do certainly a part two at the very least. You know, and, and cover oh, yeah. and cover the next four. You know, that would mm-hmm. take us to no prayer. Um, so, yeah, gift. Obviously, absolutely welcome to come back and join us, and because um, I've had fun, and uh, just just the fact that you guys are you know willing to join us and 
and uh, speak about Maiden and, and get your, your perspective on it. It's, it's just fantastic. I love it. Um, well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for having us here. Really fun. And I'd like to join in again from my actual studio as well. So I'm not, <laughs> restric- so I'm not restricted to cars and traffic and... Uh, and Stealing uh, you know, cars, chasing your... Yeah, exactly. Phone car batteries. <laughs> but lucky, I mean, lucky you had Eric anyway. So it was still a full yeah. boat. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go back and listen to what you guys said. That would be interesting too. Yeah, was- <laughs> yeah. But the next, four yeah, also- albums, next four albums should be very interesting. And also I want to squeeze in big thanks for all the kind words uh, on our podcast. Yes, definitely. It really, it really oh. matters to me actually. You know, it's, yeah. uh, no. yeah. it's it's great, yeah. yeah no, thanks a lot for that. We'll have to have you guys on our on our show as well. So. Definitely, oh, definitely. Cool, man. Love that. Yeah. Love, absolutely love that. Um, but yeah, no. When, thanks, when you get to get, when you get to invaders, give us a shout. We'll come on. I will come on for invaders. <laughs> <laughs> right, or maybe uh, I don't know. Death of the Celts from the new album. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that would yeah, be a challenge. Yeah. A brand new song. Yeah, maybe not all <laughs> of you could rap. You know, that's, pro- that could be fun. Yeah. That'll be be fun. Fun. I'll probably be fun if I'm on it because I'll probably hate it. So okay, let's make a, let's pick another new song and not that one. Too, too soon, too soon. Like, like, like I said, I'm I'm a little bit um, I'm a little bit biased after a certain point in Iron Maiden's career. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, it's very common. It's, oh, it's very fine. common, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also the eighties, it's so good, you know. It's uh, like so, yeah, we, we kind yes. of rank them a little bit here, right? We put a little ranking, but it's really hard to do for me. The first seven are like. A horse race, and it's nose by nose by photo, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. To, to kind of, it really is. The first seven are so solid to me, and oh, amazing. Yeah. Some weak spots, but I always had Maiden as a band that they risk it. You know, they don't yeah. play it that safe. They take some risks, not with sounding like other genres or anything, but mm. they compositionally. They write yeah. songs, they release them, they believe in their own material, and then you will have some misses, and that's like part of the the charm, part of the brilliance to me. That it's not safe. They don't write 50 songs and then have a focus group as the focus group, which 10 songs are the biggest ones. Oh, I yeah. 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 Iron Maiden are alone to, to themselves. They just do what they want to do. And yeah. I, res- yeah, I, res- yeah, no, I respect that. Yeah. They record almost every song they write. To, that's what I believe anyway. I think I've heard it from Steve at least. Of course, there could be scrapped ideas in an old notebook or something. I don't know. But uh, pretty much it's like that. You know, it's a band that just yeah. believes in itself and you can tell really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the, the Blaze era, um, just what you're saying. Like I was saying, like obviously for me, Iron Maiden, the Iron Maiden that I love is from the first album, Two Seventh Son, and 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 I dip in and out. You know, after that, I mean, I like No Prayer for the Dying. I'm not a very big fan of Fear of the Dark, um, but actually, Blaze, the the, the songs that Blaze did for me that are like Sign of the Cross, for example, for me mm-hmm. is one of the best Iron Maiden songs. For me, mm-hmm. I think it's an amazing song. I just yep. don't think it's sang particularly well. But uh, but you know, production Blaise, as well. Yeah, yeah Blaze did do some good stuff with Iron Maiden, without yeah. a doubt. And I actually might like some of the stuff Blaze did more than I do stuff on Fear of the Dark, without without a doubt. Yeah. Same, I, same. I saw I saw Maiden live at the Glasgow Barrowlands where we Blaze. I yeah, I was there. So was and David. It was yeah. superb. It was good. I, I, it was, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was really energetic, enjoyed, that gig, wasn't it? I, it was really I, 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 I enjoyed it more such than, than certain Bruce gigs that I'd seen in the past, yeah. you know? Because that was a, um, the Virtual Living Tour, because you're on the back of a, you know, arguably Iron Maiden's worst album, you know? Um, yeah. Um, the tour, and, and and I remember him just playing with, with such energy to the point where Steve Harris, he was wearing the, the, the first version of the Maiden football top, so he's wearing that on stage. And he took it off and threw it into the crowd. 
I have never seen Harris yeah. do that ever. You know, ever no. take off his top and he took he actually stripped off his top and threw it right in. And I, I think clearly there must have been something happening that night that they they all felt the energy and just were just on fire yeah, that yeah. night, you know. And yeah. um, it's one of those ones I keep keep I keep remembering to try and find the bootleg of it, maybe, and uh, you know, maybe there's something online or something. Or, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that mm-hmm. you know, even in the maybe's lean times, like you say, there are there are moments, there are moments that are mm-hmm. special, you know. Still, I mean, they were all um, they were always good musically live, you know. Obviously, Blaze. Blaze wasn't a good live singer, you know, uh, but I don't think so. But not, not with Maiden anyway. He's become uh, better yeah. subsequent years by himself. Uh, but with yeah. Maiden, yeah, there were problems. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, it's like it's it. It just and no harm to Blaze. I mean, we're all Wolfsbane fans. I mean, I, I like I like cool. Blaze. I actually like Blaze's voice and Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but I thought, because it suited the music, but he was just not the right guy yeah. for Iron Maiden, and it was a shame because he took a lot of flack. And me and David, when when Blaze joined Iron Maiden. We we were really trying to hang with it at the time, weren't yeah. we? Mm. I mean, we, we weren't one of the we weren't the kind of guys that turned round and like fuck this new guy. We gave Blaze a real chance, yeah, and we defended him for that, you know, in at that period in time. But we then, were actually really excited because we thought, yeah. you know, we, we you know the the Will Spain live album, Massive Noise. And oh, it's brilliant! It's, it's total oh, energy amazing. from start to finish, and, yep. and Blaze is 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 just just on fire on it. So you're mm. thinking that youthful energy is going to rub off Maiden and they'll maybe come back a bit more, maybe a bit, maybe have some of the more, the more early yeah. 80s vibe again, you know, and it was, but it kind of went somewhere completely different. And I think yeah. Harris, yeah. Harris took Blaze to places his voice wasn't willing yeah. to go. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I think there, I, there, there's his. Yeah, sorry. I, I was just okay. I was gonna let you speak, but I'm gonna quickly say it anyway. Then yeah. I think the reason they picked him is simple: that he's that just a good storyteller. He's a good storyteller. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, over to Eric. That was all. <laughs> well, I was, I was gonna say that I think that probably probably we've talked about this quite a bit on the, on our on our show that a lot of the like if you listen to the the songs that were written with him, you know the ones he did. He could, those he could do live pretty well. Uh, and if you listen to him now, he can, he's, he's amazing. But I think the problem was when you when you get him to do the Trooper, and you have this kid in the band who's you know who you know who he, you know did, he used made used to be one of his favorite bands, and they go, "Can you do this?" And like he, you know, he, you, you, I figure he probably wouldn't have the you know wouldn't you know be able to say like, "Oh no, it doesn't work for me." Can you change keys? I think he probably just had to go along with. Oh, whatever, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you then you get these horrendous versions of the Trooper, where I'm sure he could do that. I think it was yeah. dropped, maybe yeah. dropped from yeah. E to maybe D or something like that. Then again, Trooper, he had problems with rhythmically, even actually. Yeah, Trooper and Hello, yeah, because true. he doesn't yeah. he doesn't spit quick like that. It's not his style. No. So yeah. those quick verses of verse, which are also a cappella, you know, yeah. tough one. I remember one. even the Claire Claire here now, a live version of the Clairvoyant. You know, I think that was. Oh, now that's torture. That's oh, torture. that is that oh. exceptionally oh, bad. No, no, I no. think. Don't you remind know, me. Don't remind me. Yeah, because I mean, seeing me, I'm going to go look for it. <laughs> See Maiden with uh, Blaze and yeah, you know you you know Paul mentioned the gig in '98, but we also saw them in '95 in the same venue in the X Factor tour. And at the time, you're you're enjoying it and you're thinking it's good, but it's not until sometimes you hear things back, you actually go, oh, you know, Rough. oh maybe maybe I had too many beers that night or something, or <laughs> you know, because this isn't what I remember, you know. But uh, but so it wasn't that obvious, but that yeah, as you said, Jonathan, that um, that. That live recording of the. Um, I mean, the, the idea was cool. Anyway, I, I still believe that Harris picked him because he has a storytelling style that works for for this type of music. But he didn't consider all the facts, which is maybe typically yeah. Harris just going yeah. forward. So it was very maiden to do this, and it turned out uh, a nice story of the band, a nice story part of the band. It's fun to discuss it, and oh, some I... really good songs in there. But it, you know, 
it was all a little bit on on account of Blaze having go, to go through quite a lot of uh, of shit because yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. I mean, it, just, and it, it just occurred to me that uh, if you listen to, to some of the sort of not great ver- live versions Blaze did during that era, there's stuff that Bruce did on his last tour, like last couple of tours, that probably sound just as bad, yes, really, because he was yes. he was he was phoning it yeah, in. Yeah, he was was big time. That was the first time I I had saw Maiden on the the, the tour way that he'd announced he was leaving. And then they did the they did the the European tour, and uh, so we already knew Bruce was leaving. And then it was a, I'm a I'm a 14 year old kid, seeing my, fa- seeing my favorite band live was, for the first time. That was the worst Maiden gig I've ever yeah. been. Yeah. And the singers leaving, and it just I I just I just didn't even feel good. I didn't even enjoy the gig. I didn't even enjoy it. And it was my yeah, first okay. ever Maiden gig. It was just, mm-hmm. and it was very much as you say, Eric. It was. It was phoned in. It was like, you know, um, it was probably better not saying anything until the end of the tour. Because um, you, would, you wouldn't so. have noticed any difference, you know. Mm. You'd have thought, you know, you'd, you you know, you wouldn't have had that feeling that that feeling. Pre- of, yeah, that that yeah. pre-existing feeling when you go in that it's all yeah. already on a downer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And and how far they'd been on before they were and, and, and they were fucking brilliant. No, no that was later on. That was later on. That was That was a brave new world. That was when Blaze came back. Yeah, when Bruce came back. Yep, Halford supported. Oh fuck, so it was. the Almighty. I'll get mixed up. It was the Almighty. You know, that supported. The Almighty. So I've got. I've got to say. I've got to say. Rob Halford fucking blew Maiden off the stage at that time. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I'll beat the two shit made the gigs so. Great singer. He could even do Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that, that was jumped up on there. Yeah, he I go back and watch that one. I go back yeah, and watch it yeah, just yeah, to cool. enjoy, you know. It's, it's, it's really cool to hear him do those songs and he has yeah. no problems with weird rhythms. Like Geezer Butler, a bit like Steve, would write some weird uh, rhythm patterns sometimes mm. for the singer and also he stumbles in into the void but and then Halford comes in one day of rehearsal nails it, it. But, <laughs> what a you know yeah. what a hero I mean pa- pa- painkiller for all three of us is like oh. for the, the oh, ultimate yeah. heavy metal album like for me yeah. if, yeah. if somebody was, if somebody came to me and said what is heavy metal I would hand them painkiller by <laughs> Judas yeah. Priest to say yeah. that as heavy metal yeah. right there ridiculous like lyrics you know holding steel sounds sounds amazing vocals riffs the guitars the lead work it's oh it's it's it's, it's flawless great. flawless metal really fun to play as well can oh, you yeah. play it <laughs> i fucking can't play that shit <laughs> i can play i can play i can't play, I can play a bit of it well I, <laughs> I could play i could play the rhythm stuff but i couldn't play the leads yeah. man They're no no forget about that that's, that's <laughs> it's really hard this this one particular point in it and he just is on the same fret but he plays an entire melody by bending that fret yeah that's insane. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to try and sing that. Ah, <laughs> I, I can't sing that, but it sounds great. If you I mean, listen to the solo, you will catch on what yeah, I mean. I, like, 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 you've got Dave Murray and Adrian Smith are like unbelievable together, and obviously you've got like, say, Glenn Tipton and, and KK Downing who were the same. You know, they they, they had that that kind of set that uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for, but it's like. That, that they complemented kind of each other certainly. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, and and, yeah. and Maiden Dave was more of the in the box playing really fast, you know, like kind of thing. And yeah, Adrian, Adrian was a lot, guy. Yeah, Adrian was yeah. a lot more like thought out almost, and like yeah. neoclassical was doing a lot of weird kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. but both ultimately amazing guitar players, you know. Oh, I'd have to say Bill Steer from Carcass as well. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good band. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, lead what? Bill Steer is, is Bill Steer is also so cool. He, it's weird that he looks like a 70s rocker. I love it. <laughs> yeah. while, while, while playing, yeah. I love it too. While playing yeah. uh, grind, you know, grindcore, or yeah. at least some kind of variation yeah. of that. Yeah, Trash, a, grind, uh, we, even death. 
My own band played with Carcass in uh, in wow. Holland. Um, cool. And it was uh, it was funny because we were we were playing on one stage and they were playing directly. They were playing directly after we finished, and we and it was quite a big place. It was in Holland, and I was like, we literally like, good night, run off, run off the stage, right? <laughs> because like Carcass are one of my favourite bands, um, especially the album Heartwork. It's for me, that's, oh, that's, that's, a that's flawless. Yeah. Like that for me, that and David Classic. as well, and yeah. all you know, for for metal guitar playing, that's off mm, the scale, amazing. And uh, I ran over and stuff, and I met them. I met them after it, and. Bill, um, Bill Steer was a very, really, really nice guy. Um, I, I have to say, Jeff Walker wasn't, but there you go. That's no real surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems like a kind of Glenn Benton character, but a British version. Yeah. A grumpy, impossible yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I've met, yeah. I've played with Deicide as well, so I, I know. Oh, there we go. I, I've met Glenn <laughs> Benton as well, and he was an arsehole, so. Yeah, I've heard so. I've heard so. Yeah. I, I can actually uh, find that. <laughs> I could I could tell you who's all assholes and who because I've I've done quite a lot of tours so <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect yeah, so we, we have to do some more <laughs> we'll have to do some more uh, not in the lap of the pods or some other abbreviation of this uh, absolutely just, uh, some, some clearly a lot of music a lot yeah. of music to talk about <laughs> absolutely from, uh, you know, if you have the range from uh, Beatles Revolver to Carcass Artwork there should be plenty in between I think oh, <laughs> yeah right. no, I, I mean it's oh, like yeah, uh, like we like we've we've done um, you know like you said we're, we're were these not episodes we're doing like nine inch nails and stuff like that as well? Because oh, we cool! Love, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, we love, we love. I mean, we collectively the three of us, we just love music. It just so happens that the, the majority of the stuff we like metal, but we, you know, everything. Yeah. If it's good, it's good. That's it. Plain and simple. Absolutely perfect. Okay, on that note, yeah. Let's say goodbye. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks again to Jonathan and Eric. And they have agreed to return and uh, do some more Maiden and, and possibly even some more more bands in the future. Carcass Hartwood would be a good one to do with those guys. Yeah. yeah. So, so, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Same to you. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's from the north. <laughs> Excellent. Cool.